0: United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper Sunday at 9 on CNN.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Radio.
3: Greetings. Welcome in. It is the calm before the storm here in Los Angeles, and I use those those words they're carefully chosen for all those that got dumped on for snow. Be careful. Be smart out there and and take care of yourselves. Pace yourselves. Know you can only shovel so long before the body starts to rebel on you. Uh, Or you just find the neighborhood kid. Because they still have to have those. Someone's still looking to buy a car, fix a car, or whatever. Times haven't changed that much. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. It's Fox Football Sunday. It is Pro Bowl Sunday. Mm. Ahead of Super Bowl week here in Los Angeles, where it'll be in the high 70s most of the week. So even if you don't have a dog in the proverbial fight come on out and join in the revelry plenty of celebrations to come we'll talk about the college all-star games because we're still doing those this week all the big events in las vegas and of course start to set things up for super bowl 56 next week as well as all the stories of the week, and and you know what that means—litigation uh, and trying to get behind the curtain to, to the great mm-hmm. and all-powerful Oz of how things are run. But how are you, man? How was the week, man? The are week has busy? been,
4: yeah. The week has been great. Like spent a week in Vegas. Uh, part of the week was dealing with the Eastway Shrine game, Eastway Shrine Bowl. That's officially—is it a bowl now? Yeah, it used to be the West 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 game, bowl. right? Bowl, yeah. Um, so no, it was great. Seen a bunch of college players uh, run around, do their things. Last time for them to kind of make an impression. On NFL scouts and evaluators. Simultaneously, the Pro Bowl was beginning to heat up. Uh, guys were coming in town as I was leaving. And so, no, it was a great time. It was a great football festival. Uh, meanwhile, across the country in Mobile, they were dealing with the senior ball. So, um, it's kind of like the final deal, the final dress rehearsal for a bunch of scouts that are hoping to elevate their NFL draft status.
3: Well, and that's the curiosity in all of this, right? You come from different styles. Mm -hmm. used to playing in different systems. I saw a little bit of Malik Willis, and we'll get into him a little bit later on in the show uh, because that's one of the names Mm -hmm. that people will start to hear and more highlight packages uh, will be clipped together about him after his senior bowl week. But in in a clip, he was just talking about it of just there's the feeling out process, not just in the practices, but even getting into the game where guys are still so... Cognizant of not leaving any gaps, right, in terms yeah. of covering up their teammates mm. and going into the motions of what they've normally done with their college teams and and their offensive or defensive sets, he goes. So yeah, it's gonna look disjointed. And I thought it was the most rational and reasoned yeah. thing I've ever heard from a player related to one of these games.
4: Yeah, no. What's What's interesting about um, Malik Willis talking about that? Like that's the biggest adjustment for a lot of these guys. And every game has its own set of quirks and rules. Um, that are designed to make the game easy for the players to showcase their skills. But you're still talking about rosters with players who have never played together. Uh, You have a week to get it going. You have maybe three legitimate days of practice to kind of figure it out. And then you have a game in which you expect to perform at a high level. A lot of things going on. There's also like the hidden little deal where you don't want to get hurt. So how do you play while also kind of protect the assets? Because the last thing you want to do is get this close to uh, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and mess it up. And so you have all of those things working which makes it a very very challenging deal for the players that are participating in the game.
3: We talk about the business decisions made on every given college Saturday and NFL Sunday. I can only imagine the conflict within a player's head Mm -hmm. about like even within a play and we know it's bang bang and Mm -hmm. and decisions have to be made in in a flash. But just that very point of, all right, I don't know where my ceiling is here, but I'm certainly not going to give myself the opportunity to hit my floor by either putting something on tape terrible or putting yourself in the position to get hurt.
4: Yeah, and that's hard because like, when you play to avoid injury, typically your play wanes because you don't engage. You're not as aggressive. Um, you're certainly not as physical because you're trying to avoid the big shot that leads to something that is catastrophic or um, – Devastating. And so, when you have those things, you begin to play up, and I mean, you begin to like kind of take plays off. And when you do that, man, it just doesn't look good on tape. And so, it's that delicate balance that you have to kind of um, figure out. It's that debate that you have in your head constantly. And when you're on the field, man, the last thing you can do is think about injury because once you lose that cloak of invincibility, like you can't do it. Gladiator can't go into the Coliseum worried about. What the negative things could happen? You have to go in there thinking that you're gonna slay the victim, and so it's just, I mean, it's just this conundrum that players find themselves in when they enter into these, to these games.
3: Well, and if you pull it back out further, right? You're on the broadcast uh, for the Shrine Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take some time to get yeah. used to that. Shrine it's always Bowl. The shrine game it's the
4: Shrine Bowl. For, I mean, yes. I've got
3: posters from back yeah. in the day uh, signed by guys that were, you know, the Shrine Game. But we'll we'll call it the Bowl. Right, and as you're talking to coaches, like they're trying to find that balance too, right? Winning is obviously everybody's main goal, but you're also trying to showcase guys, also be getting guys comfortable yeah. and getting through the week of prep. Yeah, uh, trying to find that balance. I got to imagine that those decisions to take on those tasks aren't entered into lightly at any at any rate.
4: No, they're not entered into lightly, but here's the thing about that. Like what the league has done, the NFL has made a concerted effort, a concerted effort to give people opportunities to take on more responsibilities and elevated roles in these games. So, for instance, um, at the East West Rumble, you had Marcus Brady, who was the offensive coordinator. Uh, for the Indianapolis Colts being the head coach. You had guys who were position coaches serving as the coordinator. So they get an opportunity to take on the responsibilities that they normally don't have in their respective locations. And so this gives them a chance to kind of get some on-the-job training, to audition a little bit in front of those who could be potentially considering uh, them for other opportunities to kind of get a chance for them to see what it looks like. And so it's been great. In that aspect, Um, we saw Ron Middleton and Deuce Staley serving as the head coaches in the senior bowl. All of those things are great. Um, And so it's a big showcase, not only for the players, but for the coaches. It's a great learning experience for everyone involved. And then there's a little evaluation that goes to it because you are looking and evaluating, kind of seeing some of the guys that you've looked at the entire collegiate season.
3: Now see what I did there? I transitioned Mm -hmm. to it into the changing of – decision-making and responsibilities on the coaching side. Because isn't that what we're really talking about at the core of everything that swirled up this week with Brian Flores Mm. and the lawsuit uh, that is now gone against the National Football League? 58-page document. And, folks, I'm a nerd. I read it. There's about 20 pages of it that's redundant. That is Mm. literally a cut and paste that shows up again later but to make your point, right? What do we know? Repetition. Why you hear yeah. the same ads, why you hear the same reads, all of those things, it sticks in your brain, right? Why you remember uh the gecko, why you remember <laughs> all of those things on your television related to different brands. It's like, "Oh yeah." It might take you a second to think about the name, but you remember that icon, the ad slogan, whatever the case may be. And likewise here as we we talk about the the lawsuit, as it were, right? Mm-hmm. We've got a, a couple of teams named directly, yeah. and then it's, all right, here's the catch-all. Because their hope in filing the class action was that more coaches who may think they've been mm-hmm. wronged. either uh, wronged, yeah. wronged, but also part of it is guys that aren't in the league anymore, right? Very because impressive. the more likely scenario of someone jumping in to the lawsuit and telling their story, if it, if it lines up with, the mm-hmm. initial allegations of Brian Flores is someone who's still not trying to climb said ladder, yeah. right? The fear of, of repercussions and ramifications. And we start our conversation, and we're not going to live here all day. We got plenty of football to talk about, we still have a Super mm-hmm. Bowl to get ready for. But this is the story that the NFL has to deal with, right? Roger Goodell and company put out this statement very quickly to dismiss things. Mm. And then, well, they came back over the top
4: (laughs) with With a very
3: long statement uh, a couple days later. For those that missed it, uh, uh, Roger Goodell with the full statement. uh, I want to address the subject many of us have discussed together, not only this week, but consistently for many years. Long statement about racism in the National Football League. Uh, Quote, we must acknowledge that particularly with respect to head coaches, the results have been unacceptable. We talk about the Rooney rule. We talk about uh, the process. I think it's 15 head coaches out of 129, 130-ish that have been hired uh, in the 20 years that Mm -hmm. this has existed. Uh, key, Key paragraph, quote, we understand the concerns expressed by Coach Flores and others this week. While the legal process moves forward, we will not wait to reassess and modify our strategies to ensure that they are consistent with our values and longstanding commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that was the the line that was really pushed by proponents of Brian Flores' message, but also Mm -hmm. just the, all right, NFL, if this line, this diversity, equity, and inclusion line is truly the core values, because that's been on all sorts of signage and slogans over the last couple of years, that it's time to pull back and reassess how you're going through these processes team by team, the league, and maybe it calls for a radical reconstruction of how the league is organized. And that's what some of these suggestions mm-hmm. are, which is a very curious thing, because now you're asking thirty two people to willingly give up power. And you and I know yeah, there's a, real- a snowball's chance in hell of that happening.
4: Yeah. I mean, look here here's the thing um about the Rooney rule and 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 what the desire of the league. The NFL itself, like Roger Goodell, the people in uh, at 345 Park Avenue, they have done a good job of putting in all these policies and things to try and create a league that um, is diverse and inclusive. And that diversity doesn't just include um, blacks. It's all minorities, including women, uh, to have an opportunity to have jobs at the highest levels um, of organizations within the league. And so um, they've opened up the process to require mandate, however you want to put it, that you interview multiple minorities for these senior level uh, positions throughout the league. And what that has spawned is on the managerial side, you have seen um, more people granted opportunities to take on roles that they hadn't been placed in before. And so uh, when you have a diverse room, what happens is you have diverse perspectives, diverse backgrounds you have a different way of um, understanding and from that typically great ideas happen now the problem that you have is despite all the higher level management managerial roles that we talk about within organizations the head coach is seen as the ultimate face of the organization that is the guy that we always talk about on Sundays when games are played, the head coach is kind of the one. We don't talk about the general manager. We don't talk about uh, the EVP. We don't talk about those guys. We talk about the head coach because he ultimately represents the squad. It's the head coach and then the quarterback. Those are two guys that we talk about. And so in a league in which you have um, 70% of the players are minorities, you have uh, one black coach, two other minority coaches. Like people are saying, like, look, it doesn't match the field. How can you have these guys in high-ranking positions, but you have all these other players on the field that doesn't match up? The problem is, you cannot make an owner hire anybody. You can't do that. You can't legislate who an owner hires. Yes, you can open it up and have him meet and greet and network and do all these things, but at the end of the day, the league is powerless when it comes to who the owner hires. It's no different than me telling you who you can hire to come and do your yard work or come and clean the house or anything like that. I can give you suggestions, but when you're the one writing the check, there's not a lot that I can do if I'm not contributing to the, to the household income.
3: Well, and that's, you know, talking to it with my kids, right? 13 and 16 year old girls mm-hmm. NFL. Let's call it what it is. Sports for a long time in their lives. The villain. Mm-hmm. I think you can relate to this to a degree mm-hmm. somewhat and folks in our business, because you're a lot of travel, a lot of yeah. watching, a lot, mm-hmm. of, lot of movement, whatever. Like, sports can kind of, you know, go... It get in, tippet, the it right? in the way. It, it gets get in, the in the way. It gets in the way of some family of the time, stuff, yeah. right? So you, you go through and, and trying to explain, because this broke through, right? This is mm-hmm. showing up on their high school and middle school yeah. in, in very rudimentary forms. So it's like, what actually is going on? And, and you, you go to the the discussion, as, as you just put it there. You can have all of the recommendations. You can have all of the data mm-hmm. in front of you. But folks... Are, are going to go with the candidate that either comes most recommended by someone they trust more than anybody else mm-hmm. right or let, let's let call it what it is sometimes folks go into comfort slash well, yeah it's everything but I mean, like and everything yes. else right yeah. Not, i don't uh-huh. want to minimize it and i don't want to trivialize no. it and, and but and and nor you know for those out there listening i, I know at swollen dome go ahead bring the pain uh early <laughs> on no but it, but it's real like people go to the the lunch tables with the people that they either have known or they feel comfortable with right and that's that's common I mean, every that's, race that's, common, that, that's right? common that's
4: common that's common right. that's common everywhere that's common most people kind of hang with the people that are either like-minded like experienced uh but, that, but that's like, the, i think the, I think think like, the double like, be underscore like, like, right like all that the other stuff
3: thing, so it becomes the all right how much it's do i have to, yeah. how much time effort do we have to to change our organization to include new people Mm-hmm. As opposed to all right, this guy worked with this guy's dad or whatever. And and it's not saying it's right. It's just part of business, not just the National Football League. Yeah. I think and I think mm-hmm. that's the problem in some of these conversations is that people hold it up as oh, look what's wrong with the NFL. It's like, well no, this is this is every business
4: yeah, no, it's, in it's in, a, it's in, a... in
3: in America and this goes both ways. Yeah, it's, right? it's it just percentage wise is obviously. Yeah, dominated. I mean, it's, look, it's a it's a,
4: it's a it's a it's a bigger issue. Like the NFL will is right now is catching the brunt of the flack when it comes to the representation on the sideline. But, Mike, I can tell you, it goes down to the lower levels. It goes down to college. Mm-hmm. It goes down to high school. I mean, it, it, it happens. Like if you recognize what it looks like at the lower levels, then what you see at the top. Wouldn't surprise you when you think about. We're here in Southern California. If you go and you do a poll and you evaluate how many minorities lead private school teams in Southern California, you wouldn't find many because, right. like, the private schools are more fluent than the public schools. So typically, like, they will say they attract the best and brightest, and I do that with air quotes. And so that's typically did, what it looks you like. He did your air quotes. And, and so that. that's typically what it looks like. And so. If it's like that at the lower levels, it's like that in college. We can talk about it in college. It's similar. And then it's the NFL. Like, it's a bigger problem than just what the NFL is dealing with. And it's one of those things that, like, you have to talk about it. And you have to talk about it without um, people bristling at that. You just have to recognize and say, hey, here's where it is. How can we make it better? How can we open it up? How can we everyone challenge themselves to think outside of the box when it comes to those who we put in certain positions.
3: So we'll continue with this next because the response from Flores' legal team, as you would expect, they use the term playbook. See, use the mm, football vernacular right. to talk about Roger Goodell and the league. We're just getting warmed up. Plenty of football to come. The Jaguars, the Giants, and so many others uh, with hirings and decisions to make in their personnel as well. We'll get into deep that deeply here on Fox Football Sunday. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. We're just getting warmed up. Grab another cup of coffee. Let's go. Fox Sports
1: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
0: Welcome back in. It's
3: Fox Sports Radio's Fox Football Sunday. Honored to be with you this morning, wherever you are, making us part of your day. We appreciate you as you get out and about the iHeartRadio app, Sirius XM Channel 83, your local affiliate. Keep us close to your heart, evangelize, tell your friends. Big week of coverage forthcoming here as we lead up to the Super Bowl radio row at the convention center. All the interviews, lots of the stars that you know and love and and some surprises along the way. Uh, it's like a family reunion because many of these people I have not seen in the flesh in over two years, mm. given the pandemic mm. and, and certainly travel restrictions there, plus Radio Row, travel costs and budgeting and well, kids growing up, that you know, you can't necessarily disappear for that week at a time. All of those kind of things. So it's a, an exciting week ahead. We'll chronicle it all uh, at Fox Sports Radio on all your social media platforms. Me at Swollen Dome. Happy to be with you, Mike Harmon, alongside Bucky Brooks. Five years in the league. The Amazon Scouts view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. Uh Fox Sports Digital. So FoxSports.com FS1 here on Fox Sports Radio, analyzing and calling games. The East-West Shrine Bowl, boots on the ground in good Mobile, job. Alabama. Like, all yeah. of that stuff, man. That was,
4: that was a good job, kind of calling it out.
3: I got to pound that
4: one. Shrine, Shrine Bowl, this is, this is a different take. Now, look, this is, this is a fun time of year because what you're doing is, so years ago the NFL has done a great job because this is what they wanted to do. They wanted to make the NFL a 365 game. Absolutely. They wanted to make it a year-round. They want to create a year-round calendar. And what the league has been able to do is there is not a month in which we don't talk about the NFL in a major event.
3: Well, and now they're playing bully ball even on Christmas Day by yeah. playing games, which they had ceded that to the NBA for a they, while. And they they, they said, did
4: it. Eh. So, so now...
3: We're taking it over.
4: By pushing the Super Bowl. You notice how subtly the Super Bowl has... Move from the end of January to the middle of February.
3: Yeah, wait till they add that eighteenth game.
4: Right. So, so they've done that. They move the combine now from the end of February into March. You have the draft in April. You have the excitement of. I mean, we get excited about something that doesn't even really matter. We get excited about mini camps.
3: Oh yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. May. And we and
3: we uh, score uh-huh. all the uh, red mm-hmm. zone. Hey, look, he was only two of seven in red zone drills on May sixth. Right. What happened?
4: Right, so so Call we
3: get, us. Us so,
4: so we get that the only month in which it's a little dead is a little bit in June, but what they do is veteran training camp is in the middle of June and then training camp opens in July. So there's really not a month in which we don't talk about the national football. Yeah,
3: day. you've got that three about a three week period where everybody goes on vacation and everybody in every yeah. front office holds their mm-hmm. breath. Hey, Will we stay? be the ones to yeah. avoid any police blotter, any injuries because a guy Main decided is, to go yeah, for you, a hike?
4: Yeah, you gotta yeah. get you gotta get through fourth of July. Like that is the <laughs> tipping point. So second week of June is, is the end of the offseason program. Everyone knows that the the calendar is circle July fourth, July fourth of July weekend. If you can get through that weekend without anything happening. You're good, because in a couple of weeks, they come right back to training camp.
3: Well, because those next couple of weeks, after they have their little yeah, whatever that's it. getaway, because, because now they're getting back in shape, because yeah, they've got to be coming in shape. Because, like, yes. I mean, when you played, let's yes. call it what it is. Yeah. Right? I, rem- I remember going to some of those mm-hmm. 2 days and you'd have guys off on the You're side, working. puking You're in working. a bucket, whatever, working, working to get into shape.
4: You're working into shape. But for players... Not you, though. No. Nah, not quite. <laughs> but for players, 4th of July, that is the last... That is the last kind of free weekend. So that's the last time that whatever you're going to get in for the offseason, 4th of July is the last time that you can do it. Because from that point on, it is all football. There are no holidays or getaways or anything else. We don't celebrate Labor Day. We don't do any of that stuff.
3: Well, you're you're working within a couple of days, right? First game, yes. right that's right why
4: 4th of July, typically, 4th of July in Vegas, Miami, it's popping. That's, that's it. That's the players. That's the last... It's the last party time for all the players. And so if you get through that. So the league has created, I mean, a great calendar. And everyone talks about how the NFL is king. The NFL is king because it wanted to be king. And they made a concerted effort to make it king. And right now we've seen the National Football League is pretty much bulletproof when it comes to whatever you throw at it, whatever scandal may leaks out. It has been able to weather the storm.
3: Well, because that's where we're at right now, right? And in mm-hmm. terms of this Brian Flores lawsuit, 58 pages, mm-hmm. everybody detailed the the chronicling and you've seen the interviews all over. Uh, there were a couple where it was like, can can the lawyers back off a minute and let Brian Flores actually speak? Mm-hmm. Like if you're ta- tagging him as, hey, we've got Brian Flores here, the guy sitting to his left and right shouldn't be doing all the talking. Right. That, that's a whole other part mm-hmm. to it, right? I, if I wanted mm-hmm. legalese, I'll go watch Law & Order. And, and see Sam Ooh, Waterston, you know, wax show. poetic. Well, oh, that's show. how I know. I mean, I mean that's how I can at least lawn. get through some of these documents yeah, great, with some of the legalese. Yeah, I mean, great show, law and order. I mean, It's coming back, you, buddy. I mean, why, why why would it ever go away? I know. Jesse like, L. Martin evidently really? might be coming back. Like, I mean, why, this is big like, stuff. I mean, I'm going to say
4: this, Harmon. Like, if you're on a show like that, why would you ever jump off? Like, no, why man. would you ever jump off to Gravy Train?
3: No, I mean, it's like when N.Y.P.D. Blue, when David Caruso jumped oh, off to try to man. do a movie. Now, What about all the people at ER? All the people at ER, oh, I want to go do my own thing. Yeah, I McLooney. Mean, That's it. worked for him. Yeah,
4: Andy Andy, Well, Andy at least Anthony Edwards, he he yeah. went and
3: became a director, producer, whatever. So he he made some money, but I'm sure he regrets. Oh man, that did, and they killed him off oh, too. Yeah. Like they didn't even give him an opportunity to come hey, back. That hey. was a, it. Was a great final season. Like a lot yeah. of I mean, you know, like yeah. showing the range of acting mm. ability, mm. as if he were auditioning for future dramatic roles on very, the silver screen.
4: Very dramatic.
3: But yeah, to your point. Yeah, the gravy train is rolling.
4: The gravy, the gravy train is rolling. <laughs> We've been
3: renewed for how many years? Nope, I'm not leaving. Renew uh, that contract.
4: Oh, uh, and just don't do something stupid to get yourself fired. And here's he, here's what I would say. Like I, I don't, I don't know anything, but I think the pandemic also showed the appetite of the fans because see, you remember when we had those COVID postponements and games had to move from Sunday to Tuesday?
3: Sure, time shift to Wednesday afternoons and yeah. stuff. Absolutely.
4: And you and you remember how excited you may have been personally to just be able to go home after work and pop on the TV? Oh, the NFL game on a Tuesday! Yes. How great is this in the middle of the afternoon? Yeah, I'll I'll tune it in. I am sure that three forty-five Park. They were like, hmm. See what that number
3: did? No, that's exactly right. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> might, we does. might have not have a gate here because of the pandemic. But people, butts and seats, advertisers, good throughput for advertisers. I mean, you saw the rates for the Super Bowl. Did you see the final numbers? Oh, so ridiculous. $7 million oh, yeah. and, and, for those final slots. And so
4: let, let me say this, because today, good on you, NBC. T- today is Pro Bowl day, and today is the annual day where everyone on the media side is like, oh, this is such a terrible product. Oh, it's so bad. Just check out the number that this Pro Bowl
3: It'll be almost $9 again. (laughs) Just check out the number that it does. And you
4: tell me from a business standpoint, why would you ever kill that off?
3: No. Everybody cries about it. I don't care if it's the ninth alternate. Like, people get all mad. It's like, oh, this guy got named to a Pro Bowl. Like, we we did a little bit on Friday. It's like Mac Jones, right? 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Doesn't matter. Nobody Mm -hmm. remembers that. They remember that New England was winning. And Mac Jones is likable,
4: and and I will tell you, and I will tell you that one of my teammates said this. He went to the Pro Bowl one time. I think he went his rookie season. He said, "Man, it doesn't matter. They could call me Pro Bowler for life." So Mac Jones, when we reference Mac Jones from here on out, it is Pro Bowl quarterback Mac Jones. No, it's former the, well, Pro Bowler Mac Jones. Those, but, those whatever all it looks matter like on
3: the resume, right? Because there's very few does. of those accolades that that cut through. Right? You're going to have your All Rookie mm-hmm. Team. You yeah. will have. I mean, obviously, we know the difference between all pro and Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. But the general vernacular, right? Because you could put up a bunch of Pro Bowls. You may only have one or two All Pros.
4: Yeah, you right? know, if you're
3: lucky. But like a Pro mm-hmm. Bowl, you could be eight, ten, whatever time, and yeah. you, and however you got there it doesn't matter.
4: It does not. Right, it once you're a Pro that, Bowler, you're a Pro once Bowler. you're a Pro because five
3: years from now, we don't remember whether you were third or eighth.
4: Yeah, once you're a Pro Bowler, you dance with the rest of the Pro Bowlers.
3: Like I you saw, I, I saw Chad Right, he was at a um, he was at a trading card uh, event in Houston, mm-hmm. and guy posted the gorgeous card that he had him sign. He found a, a cool fluorescent orange paint pen to get him to sign this card, and underneath it, it was four time Pro Bowler, and it just pops because you remember like cuz i think yeah. folks forget how good he and tj were together right how people, good I that think, offense was i think was.
4: people people forget sometimes his his antics and stuff around it like people forget like he kind of clouds it but he he is that so here's the thing we talk about the pro bowl and the pro bowl not mattering so there has been um a bit of a conversation that if matthew stafford wins the super bowl you can write his ticket into the Hall of Fame.
3: Well, is that at, what, 50,000 career passing yards.
4: So the biggest argument that some have countered back is, yeah, but he's only been to one Pro Bowl. <laughs> and then I was like, well, wait a minute. I thought we didn't care about the Pro no, Bowl. No,
3: that's right. 99% of the time, we don't I, care. I, I, but in this but debate. Now, but now we throw it up.
4: One time Well, Pro and Bowl even day.
3: the Super Bowl will be thrown as, all right, now he's got as many as Dilfer, And I'll be like, he's got as many as Breeze mm-hmm. and Rodgers. And we've deified them.
4: Oh, i mean. an I know we put the you Like people did not like. You
3: saw, you got, I know Mm -hmm. you got response when we were doing the Aaron Rodgers stuff before the loss. Mm -hmm. And certainly once we were able to, you know, shine it up and say, see, we told you last week and the week before and the week before how this party was going to end. Still (laughs) talking about it. People still talking about it. But still just the idea of, Mm -hmm. you know, here's all the lofty, lofty numbers and Mm -hmm. playoff appearances, whatever, but it's still the end game is the same. Right? I mean, yeah. we, we talked about it last week. My favorite tweet after they were defeated was, you know, all right, 30 years of Favre and Rodgers, as many Super Bowls as Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. Yeah. Two guys that are always dismissed as, well, you know, they they just happen to be there. It's like, no, oh, they're, they're still in that moment. They mm-hmm. still had to do their jobs. Yeah. Right? And that's the thing for Brad Johnson, for all of those guys. Just absolute disrespect. You know, uh, Nick Foles. Right? It's it's a Brian No continuing thing here on and sorry mm-hmm. Brian, I gotta do it. The the fool's thing. Like he had to be great for a month and he was great for a month or two weeks or yeah. whatever it had to be. Right? It it, it doesn't mean it projects to a twelve year career. No. But for a month you won when it mattered.
4: Can you be hot? You get the Eli team.
3: Manning, the argument for Hall of Fame and everything else. He's hey, got man. two of the biggest throws I'm, I'm beyond, I'm in, in the you. last that 25 is, years of the league.
4: That is the hardest one for me when people talk about Eli Manning going into the Hall of Fame because when you look back, I think he led the league in interceptions maybe three times. Oh, yeah. He it went to the playoffs maybe twice, but mm. both times he went to the playoffs, they reeled off all those wins. Um, but he was a lot of average.
3: But he's in New York, and he beat Tom Brady and the slayed the and goat he has, twice. He has, and he's got those two throws and he has that are in. iconic moments. And now everybody likes him.
4: Oh, he's like you. You
3: know, you and I've been talking about this all like, year, right, with the Manny cast or whatever.
4: ability. like it was everything. always
3: Peyton, Peyton, uh, Peyton. I'm like, uh, no, no, gonna, no. Eli's the sneaky, funny one of this it, group.
4: If if it came down to like likability, if it was one spot and it was between Eli and Roethlisberger, Eli goes. Sure, if it, if they came up at the same time, they're like, "Hey, we only can take one quarter." Except Ben they,
3: would drag up the uh, wacky doctors' game operation, <laughs> and he'd buzz all the places he was hurt and kept uh, playing. And
4: he would make sure he reminded us, you know, <laughs> the injuries that I had. Yeah, but like Eli Manning is is he's going he's going into the Hall of Fame, whether it's first ballot or not. He well, we'll get Cole, Jason Cole
3: join us next week, as he always does after the Hall of Fame balloting mm. and everything for this year is announced. He did tell me, he wouldn't give me names, he said we're going to be surprised by a little bit of it,
0: mm. by the
3: results for this year, which got me wondering. It's like, all right, which guy that mm. may have been dismissed, maybe he had one extra Pro Bowl that tipped, tipped the scale, but we'll get into that, because oh, hey, he was I'm also one. joking that five years from now, it might be the shortest meeting they ever have with the guys that will be eligible oh, to go done. in. Right? Assu- assume Larry Fitzgerald finally sends a, a release that I'm done, because right now he's not retired. Yeah. Right. So the clock kind of is there, but I think it would reset he, yeah, once I he guess technically retires. Like it's so
4: funny to have know. to go back because now with all the receivers, I guess he is a first ballot, right? Like he he's would the be first a first ballot, wouldn't he? Would he? I guess I don't know. Was like, Calvin Johnson
3: numbers. first ballot? Yeah.
4: I guess. I mean, I guess Fitz would be.
3: But but to Jeez. the point of the guys that are retiring nah, like, like, this year, like all those right, guys, like, like right. we know
4: it's three that's going in that class five years from now, Gronk brady and we assume roethlisberger
3: well and i think if Rodgers doesn't he decides to walk i don't think he does
4: i mean who knows i, th- I who think knows he sticks around guy. for another like he, year just like he, he may everybody. he may not he may not go now he may not retire now because tom brady's retired and that means that he would have to go in and share the stage with you know all the fans so he may he may just play okay. another year just so he can be like i can have my own thing
3: well i still think he's going to be a packer we got a story on him a little bit later because the organization is already well, throwing I mean, all the they're, flowers they're out and everything and else. Begging and it's peeing. really unbecoming oh, so, on so many levels. So all right, we good. got so much more ahead, but we've got to turn it over to our buddy Isaac Lohenkron. He's got what's trending. Maybe an Olympics update. Uh, Maybe not.
5: The women's hockey team is destroying Switzerland. Yeah, they, Six they are. That's, that's, right. USA. that's the way to go. Hey, it's up to Let's seven, go. baby. Through seven two. nil. Yeah. yeah, that's right.
4: USA. Sportsmanship.
5: You would think that. Well, isn't Switzerland? They play with no aggression. They're neutral. It's just, I guess, but Come you on, know, that was funny when I Come no, on, they got, I mean... they, they're out shooting them forty six to eight. I'm just saying, with the weather in in Switzerland. There's a lot of ice. It's cold. You would think they would be a little more proficient in hockey, and you would think mm. their defense was not like Swiss cheese. Wow, mm-hmm.
3: look at you. I
5: was just going to say no, though that the God, ultimate please, no. the <laughs> <laughs> got to agree with you there. The, the, the ultimate compliment I, I can give hosts around here is that I would rather listen to them then I would listen to myself. And you you both know how much I love listening to the sound of my own voice. But that last segment was outstanding. I really oh, en- really enjoyed it. Oh, I, I would throw two two cents in. I, I'd like to get your quick perspective on what you feel the, the value is of being named All-Pro. Because actually my sense is that All-Pro is a more prestigious, True. Yes. yet let, less popular honor than the Pro Bowl. What do you think?
4: Yeah, it's, it's definitely more prestigious when you're named All-Pro, um, which is funny because All-Pro comes from the AP writers, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Pro Bowl is supposed to be from the players, the fans, and everything. But, yeah, All-Pro is the one that is kind of like the one that validates your performance. Right.
5: And, and you know, no chance of injury replacement, so mm. it, it's just, it's you really... You what you are. Yeah, it, yeah, it's really the, the most elite. Alright, back to you. Now, we'll, <laughs> we'll continue in the NBA on Saturday night where LeBron James returned to the lineup after missing five games with left knee swelling for the mm-hmm. Lakers. He helped them rally from a 21-point second quarter deficit to beat the Knicks in overtime, 122 to 115, finishing with a triple-double. 29 points, yeah. 13 rebounds, and 10 assists.
4: You know, I kind of you know the knee loosened up a lot. Um, my mind loosened up a lot more, and I was able just to play basketball. But just excited to be back in the uniform, back on the floor with my guys. Missed them. You know I missed the game, and um, you know happy I was able to make a few plays that was win the ball game.
5: The Milwaukee Bucks winning at Portland, 137 to 108. Bobby Portis, a season high 30 points, six three pointers. He was 11 out of 13 from the field. The Phoenix Suns improved to 42 and 10 with a 95 to 80 win at Washington. DeAndre 8 and 20 points and 16 rebounds. The Suns have won 12 of 13 and in college basketball late Saturday night, very late Saturday night. Arizona State in triple overtime. Upset third ranked UCLA in Tempe 87 to 84. Mike and Bucky, back to you.
3: I will say this. We won't play a bunch of it now. Ilo, appreciate that at Isaac Loneground, but that game the Mick Cronin interview that aired, uh, Tracy Murray talking to him, and and they were kind of going through the game. I don't know that I've ever had a – and listened to a coach be more pointed mm. in terms of specific moments and instructions. And he, he called out pretty much every player on the team yeah. for one thing or another. It was the most amazing thing that, that I've heard because he wanted to make sure. It's like, all right, we play as a team, right? You've, you're hearing all of it. You're number three in the country, all of those – you still have to go play basketball and be a team.
4: And be a team. And I, I will say this about Cronin. What I've grown to appreciate about him is um, I kind of like teams that are gritty and tough. Um, I think that runs maybe a little counterculture to L.A. You don't fancy L.A. as being a team that will reflect kind of like a tough The grinders. Right? Yeah. yeah, but but UCLA and the way they play on the Cronin is certainly a little more edgy than um, we're accustomed seeing from L.A. teams. Now, I wondered how long his style would necessarily work because it seemed like the L.A. fan base, the UCLA fan base, turned on Ben Howland, who had similar approaches sure. when it came to – I felt like when Ben Howland came out to UCLA, they basically played Big East basketball in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. and won. And so uh, I wonder. It is a grinded-out, grimy, tough, we're going to defend, we're going to do those things. Um, but I like it. I like I like the way that he holds his guys accountable.
3: Yeah, it, we'll get into that a, a bit more because, well, we're going to turn the, the clock back to high school, talking about multi-sport athletes and the importance thereof because there's a, an interesting story that came out of the divisional round as we lead towards the Super Bowl. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon, and this is Fox Football Sunday. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn
1: to for nonstop action all winter long.
3: Hey, welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Radio's Fox Football Sunday. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll get into the Jaguars, their path forward. A notable NFL wide receiver, Hall of Fame, all of those kind of things, talking uh, about the hiring and what he could have done to fix things, Bucky. How about that? Yeah. Uh, but in the interim, one of the things wanted to spotlight, you know, we're here on a Sunday morning, maybe some of you are getting ready to go to your kids, grandkids, nephews, nieces, soccer, volleyball, basketball, little league, whatever it may be, event. And we we get deep into specialization. Right? Mm. We talk about it all the time uh, as related to Major League Baseball. All right, now you're a reliever and, and never will you start another game uh, and bullpen management and all those things or getting to that, that fork in the road of where you have to make a decision, right? The Kyler Mm -hmm. Murray's of the world of, Hey, I can go first round here. I can be the number one pick over here. And when he has a bad game, you still have to have the, you know, old shots of him in his Oakland A's jerseys. Uh, But one of the things that came out and I saw this, it was on USA today, the high school sports is going back to the divisional round, pointing out that all eight quarterbacks that were playing played multiple sports in high school. Yeah. Right. That the specialization didn't happen till the next level. Mm -hmm. And even then you'd have guys that would dabble. But in this case, you know, you look at Matt Stafford and you'll see Clayton Kershaw's face show up a lot this week. I'm sorry. I can't protect (laughs) you from it. Uh, You know, that'll be one of the big storylines. But you go back to Joe Burrow and a lot being made about his play in high school basketball mm-hmm. and on down the line from Brady, Josh Allen, a lot a lot of crossover between football and basketball but just that point of muscle development, fatigue, all of those things that we we talk about aging out and just saying I'm done with this that perhaps that second sport helps keep the opportunity alive for anything to happen.
4: Yeah, it absolutely does. And Here's what I've learned from being around a lot of quarterback coaches throughout uh, my time. (laughs) They talk about the value of the quarterback playing multiple sports. So in basketball, they say the value is not only in the footwork and the athleticism that basketball requires, but it's the vision Uh, Most of the quarterbacks that play basketball are point guards or some kind of lead guard where they're able to direct the offense. They're able to see. They can anticipate timing, touch. And so a lot of those things are the same. In baseball, they talk about a quarterback having what we call middle infielder hands. So being able to take the shotgun, your eyes are not necessarily looking at the ball come in, but you're able to direct and do all those other things outside of the arm talent. And so what you want to encourage young people to do, play more sports because it allows you to develop a set of skills that really works well in the game.
3: And then obviously not having to think about that part of the game and just add it to the repertoire. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Carmen. Coming up next, we get deep into the Jacksonville
2: Hockey we-
3: Let's get it. hour two of the program, Fox Football Sunday. We are watching absolute domination, ice hockey, United States seven, nothing thir- mm-hmm. under fourteen minutes remaining. Yeah. Is it you know? On run, principle, run do they have up. to pull the goalie? Run or it what up. Do they
4: do. Run it up. Do you Gold run it up? You just keep running
3: it up. What that? do you do? What about sportsmanship? I know. Isn't that what like, we're? Because seven.
4: Because seven. Neil is. Man, that is.
3: Ice up, son. Ice up. Well, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I can add Steve Smith, you know, I, once upon a time, Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. Uh, here, at Fox Sports Radio at Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter, uh, Fox Sports Digital FS1. Big Super Bowl week ahead, plenty of appearances I'm sure uh, across your airwaves. Not only on the network, but across the larger landscape, a lot of local affiliates. Uh, find me over at Swollen Dome. Much the same, a lot of barking to come this week. Uh, but as as we we go through the the process, sportsmanship and and going going through. It certainly is the the interesting billion dollar question for these Olympics, mm-hmm. right? Because you're looking for storylines. Yeah. And, you are. and how about the obliteration of a team after you lose one of your key players uh, to an the, injury? All of those things. Just the obliteration. And it's like, all right, we we need storylines. We need uh, we need to be fired up. But yeah, it's you know, mm-hmm. thus far, more has been said about why we're not talking about the Olympics mm-hmm. than anything else. But we'll see as it flows. I'll be honest.
4: I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah. I knew they were going on, but there was nothing. I don't even remember the seminal moment when there was the opening ceremony. Like, and that's bad. I just don't I, remember. I know there were
3: some cool effects. I got to be honest. Friday, I worked early with Dan Byer. I knew it was on. And if I was on air with Jason Smith Friday night, it would have been on my monitor because <laughs> we would have discussed it. We would have talked about it. Here, it's a all right, it was 48 hours ago. Mm-hmm. There was nothing major that can. Like, the big headline is that Sean White's going to retire. From competing. Mm. Did you know Sean White was still competing? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. Just keep it real. No, I, 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 well, I did not. I just calling it what it is. And no disrespect to him or, or any of those competing in the Olympics. I think, and and I made this argument the other day, and I'll, I'll stick with it. The fact that we've got so much football news mm. kind of pushes it off to the wayside. It certainly, And if you is, don't watch a lot of episodic live in the moment television, Right, maybe you're watching some mm-hmm. of the shows that are on NBC. Maybe you're a This Is Us person. Ugh. Maybe you're one of the game shows or whatever right else. Tearjerker. Right? Mm. No, psychologically, I can't go there. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I get it? That's why I got tickets I for Jackass later on. Understand I it? it. I no, understand but, but it. the idea being, you know, unless you're watching and you're in those moments and you get ads to remind you it's there, it would be very easy in our binge watching fraction, you know, the, just the way it's been fractaled. I like mm-hmm. that. I'm using that word. Uh, and, and broken apart, right? You got your Disney Plus, you got your HBO Max, you got Netflix, all those things. You could not have any idea what's going on on actual television in the fall. No. Which means if you're not a sports fan, mm-hmm. this could have escaped you.
4: Yeah. Absolutely, it could have escaped you because, I'll be honest, and then, look man, I, I think there's a little bit of a Summer Olympics might have more of the sports that are maybe easier to follow because you have like track and field. To me, when I think about the Olympics, naturally my eyes go towards track and field. I, I kind of see that as one of the events that you always talk about. Yes, I remember in the 80s, like Miracle on Ice and all of that other stuff. Like that was cool. But you think about like track and field and all of those things that are associated with it. Uh, basketball, yeah, we talk about those things, but those things aren't winter sports. So now we're in hockey. Yeah, some of the other stuff. Oh, well, and men,
3: men's hockey, the NHL players are in Las Vegas. They're not at the Olympics. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Playing in all-star games. So you've got all of those festivities. Uh, the the other, as, as you said, right, between tr- track and field and mm-hmm. basketball and things that we watch and participate in. Right, I'm more likely to have my really bad jump shot, Philip Seymour Hoffman-esque, <laughs> make it rain, uh, than I am to try to go down a slalom. Sorry, the knees are not doing that. It's yeah. just not so accessibility, relatability, all of those fun things. But excited to watch, right? The first medals uh, are starting to be awarded, so we're, we're keeping an eye on all of that, and and we'll get into it as as the couple of weeks here flow. But with football still in the offing, mm-hmm. owing to your monologue of last hour of hey, it's a three sixty five affair, not just players staying in shape and and not having long time you know, off their second jobs as pitchmen or whatever else Mm -hmm. aren't the same as the second jobs guys had in the 60s and 70s where they were delivering milk or meat Mm -hmm. in Chicago in the meatpacking district. Like, hey, Hey, you're the starting linebacker. It's like, yep, I got a delivery of some chuck roast. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) You're not doing that anymore unless it's part of a larger ad buy. But one of the hirings this week, Bucky, the – Jacksonville Jaguars and you've done work with the Jaguars Mm -hmm. you know the organization and the principles involved we talk a lot about shotgun and his ownership and love of maybe London is out there and 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 all of those that people have tried to say this is going to be the test balloon and they've sold off some home games and gone there and everything but trying to run the team got a little bit into the star power and brought in Urban Meyer And when that happened, like, all right, he succeeded everywhere. There's been controversy, so, you know, this could flame out quickly. But the assumption was bring in a system, and Mm -hmm. even from collegiate to pro, it'll translate to some degree instead of the abject failure and disaster that it became. Chris Carter uh, doing radio uh, this week said he was – uh, one of the guys that Urban Meyer reached out to and was going to go potentially be part of his support staff, and that Trent Baalke killed that idea, right? Mm. Ohio State, Urban Meyer, Ohio State coach, all of those things. Uh, and Trent balky and, and it's not much about the Chris Carter, but it's more just the, all right, here's what Urban Meyer allegedly was trying to put together and bring in other voices. And he Carter specifically talks about the not getting on a plane and going to the bar back in week four uh, as this thing really started to show its cracks. But Trent Balky is is a name that it, it, as soon as you say it, people either shake their head, they mutter something to themselves. Mm. Like it's a poisonous name in the National Football League. Success in San Francisco, a couple of coaching hires that went awry, and now obviously his name, he gets more blamed for Urban Meyer than Shot Khan. When mm. Shot Khan as the owner, as we were talking about before, I mean, they're the guy that make the decision ultimately, mm-hmm. and then you've got to make that fit. What is it about bulky that that just generates that that level of mistrust, I guess, in mm. terms of his ability or uh, dislike, I guess, is the other. Well, like he, he has that if for people that have never met him.
4: Uh, I think there are a couple of things that were at play. One, the San Francisco 49ers appeared to have a great run with Jim Harbaugh there. And it seemed like, inexplicably, the run prematurely ended. Um, and the end appeared to come from uh, a battle of egos, waging a war over who gets credit for the success.
3: And in the moment, right, it was more, oh, that's Harbaugh again. Yeah. And then that waned.
4: Yeah. And then after that, you saw Trent associated with. I think in the last four or so years,
3: uh, well, he hired Tom Sula. Gone. He hired Chip Kelly. Gone. That the Chip Kelly one is really the disaster. Then which is goes, why when Urban yeah. Meyer shows up here, so you already have the genius.
4: Yeah, and then right? and then you have the situation where he he, he comes in up on the Dave Caldwell in Jacksonville, Doug Marron gone, and so. There's these these things where they're like, it's like what is a pig Who had the black cloud?
3: Oh yeah, and Charlie Always. Brown and Peanuts. Nicely done.
4: So there there's there's that pool of it or whatever. And so there's there's some of that or whatever. I would say to be fair, um, he had only been associated with the Jaguars for years as a gen- general manager. Um, that's not necessarily enough time to really put your stamp on a team. And fair or not. Um, you know, Urban Meyer was ultimately the czar. So a lot of that falls on him. And so, what I think ownership would like to do is they would like to give him a full opportunity to impact the organization. Now, they're going to let him do that. But I think you saw, if you saw Khan's comments afterwards, they want to beef up the brain trust in Jacksonville. They want to flip their football model. They would like to bring in some more people above and beneath Balky to help facilitate. The rebuild. So they talked about bringing in an EVP, an executive vice president. Um, Rick now,
3: Spielman's name has been his name because he
4: interviewed. Or... He interviewed for a role. Now, if you ask me, on the outside looking in, I could only see him interviewing for a role above, above Ball him, key, right? Not below yeah. him because sixteen years, sixteen years of experience with the. As the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. Is the he like three
3: of, years from a pension or something? of being might a, be. a Well, he no, no, but be, but it, yeah. it, it, it begs to some of those, like, is there something in the league that I don't know about? Yeah. Of like, if he gets another couple of years that yeah. there's some no, security? Just, I, I, I
4: mean, I look, I think he did a really good job in Minnesota in terms of, like, look at the rosters, look at the talent on those rosters. I don't think anybody who could objectively look and evaluate those teams would say that Minnesota lacked talent. Sure. They didn't win to the level of maybe the talent, but they they had a very talented roster, and so I think there's some of that. And maybe, without knowing anything, maybe some of what took so long for Doug Peterson to come in or to be hired is trying to get the pieces of the puzzle right. Who am I going to be interacting with? Who is going to be the ultimate authority of all of these other things? How can I protect myself from some of this purported uh, discord that can be created Uh with Trent and all of that other stuff. So it is trying to put the organization in unison where you have a harmonious um, relationship with everyone on the football side of the play.
3: Now we'll do Doug Peters, and we'll talk about him coming up in about 10 minutes. We'll get into mm-hmm. the hire itself uh, in a vacuum. Because mm-hmm. again, with everything swirling about in the National Football League, every hiring mm-hmm. kind of going under a different level of scrutiny here uh, and just... You can't just go, all right, the resume says this and straight line it at mm-hmm. this point. But mm-hmm. we'll we'll try to maybe do a little bit more of that. But the, the shot Khan story and, and the headline just very simply, no one we interviewed told us they couldn't work with our front office. So mm-hmm. it was a limbo situation, right? Byron left, which mm-hmm. at least from all, all reports was he was the guy. It was just a matter of crossing T's, dotting I's. And then there was the wrinkle of Adrian Wilson, who he wanted, reportedly, mm-hmm. to bring in with him. Uh, some reports that within interviews, people flat out were being asked about Trent Bulky mm-hmm. while he was in the room, which which Shad Khan is saying, hey, nobody said they wouldn't work with our guys, uh, which seems a little too late. <laughs> and yeah. what else is he going to say? Oh, yeah. No, hey, look, we had four guys that just looked him dead in the eye said, I can't do
4: this. Yeah, no, I mean, I, look, I, I, I think it's one of those deals where what you have to do is when you are interviewing for the job, one of 32, one of 32 prestigious jobs, you have to make a decision, okay, what can I do? What can I live with to get this job? And if I take this job, can I live with it while I fix it so then ultimately I can determine how I want to do it? Because that's what coaches do. Sometimes they're like, look, man, if I go in here and win, then ultimately I can go back to the ownership and be like, hey, time to redo the contract and I need more power. I need more control, more ownership of the roster and the, the say and decisions and all of that stuff. You know, because here's what happens. If if it happened like some are saying, we're buying left, which might have did a a power move. Where For a guy who's that, never
3: been a head coach, that, that would be a pretty big power move right there. I mean, right?
4: that'd be a huge power move. And you're doing it. Not knowing if your name will ever pop up again on the cycle, like it did.
3: Well, because that's the thing, right? It goes fast. So part of me was conspiracy theory with Brady leaving and the roster upheaval ready to come in Tampa. That maybe left, which is also like you know, tampa Tampa might be available to you here. I, I know, and we talked to Jay Glazer about. It. I and he's mm-hmm. you know Bruce Arians is his vodka buddy, uh and he's talked about openly. Hey, Bruce says he's going to die on the sideline, but. Maybe life comes at you different. It does 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 come at you you different. And
4: so, so with that in mind, you think about it, like it opening up, or is this Brady retires, I might be forced to coordinate an offense with Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbert at the helm.
3: Blaine Gabbert, there you go.
4: Will I continue to be viewed as the hot candidate? Sure. I would say, when you're a coordinator and you're in a spot like that with him. When your name is out on the site, you better get a job. Because the longer it plays, man, we see these guys cycle in and out. Like guys don't stay high forever. So when you have an opportunity, you don't you don't willingly turn down an opportunity unless you have another one in the fold. You have to take the job that is there.
3: Cuz that that's like my conspiracy theory off it, right? Is when we look at the Buccaneers mm-hmm. on the defensive side, guys played out, right? We we saw that. Mm-hmm. But they're all Mid thirties guys. Yeah, when you talk about JPP, and yeah, no, no, and sue, right. and not to say they don't have another year or two, but the cliff is coming. Not just for Jordan yeah. Spieth on a, you know, Pebble Beach pro am, which is just crazy <laughs> as can be that that angle off the drone, but and we'll get into that mm-hmm. later. But the the idea that you know Brady's gone, Gronk probably retires, ninety five percent. Right, while he still tries to get Completely his new benefits team. or whatever. Completely new right, team. Unless he goes to and, Buffalo, but either way, this, he's not in Tampa.
4: And this, is, and this was their window, and this is what it was. And, look, you won it, great, went for it again, didn't work. Now, hey, we got to flip it. Mid-30s, guys on defense, how do we do it? We got contracts coming up. How do we reshape this team to remain a viable contender? When that changes, if they take a a downturn, they go back to seven and ten, eight nine nine and eight, whatever that looks like. Is he still just as hot?
3: Well, that's it, right? Yeah. It, it it changes fast, right? Because if Tristan Wirfs is healthy mm-hmm. in that game against the Rams, are we talking about a different end game? Yeah. And is the level of heat under him that much hotter? Because maybe they win that game, maybe Mm -hmm. they survive that game. It's all ifs and buts, and that's the way the NFL works, right? Is that you don't you don't get through unscathed very rarely, right? Because remember we were talking about the Raiders years ago with Derek Carr when he was an Mm -hmm. MVP candidate, Mm -hmm. and they had no injuries, no injuries, no injury, and then all of a sudden he's broke.
4: Yeah, and down
3: he went, and that was it, right? So like your fortunes change on a dime, and as a coordinator, as you say, one of thirty-two. Yeah, what does it mean?
4: What does it mean? How do you, how do you fix it? How do you go about it? And so it'll be, it, it will be interesting. I think it will be interesting how I look, man, I don't care what anyone says when you're Trent trend bulky and you hear the level of disdain and the outrage and the buzz and the murmurs. I don't care what you say that has to impact you. Sure. See, because you can say, Oh, I don't read social media. I don't do this, but your family does. Your kids do. Your wife or your well, partner. Well, and it's in the building. It, you your know. players do. Right. And so right.
3: your players aren't mid 40s folks right. that have other things they're doing. They're, yeah, they're, uh, like, they're like, 20 years like, old. Like that has what to, to impact doing?
4: you. Like we all have feelings in those things. And so how does he handle that part of it? Does that make him re examine maybe some of the things, like some of his interactions with people? Does he maybe soften a little bit when it comes to that just because of? All of that, how he's perceived to be. I mean, everyone's showing up at the building in clown suits.
3: No, that's right. We'll talk about the clown out, and, but we'll talk about the coach coming in, and maybe he helps in that smoothing process. Doug Peterson, the Jaguars, well, and you. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon, and this is Fox Football Sunday. Discover
1: BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
3: All right, here we go. All right, I figure I should wrap or something after I have a lead-in like that. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks as we get ready. Super Bowl 56 a week from today. We've got Pro Bowl action live from Las Vegas later on today. I know the excitement is there. We were talking about it earlier. The career accolades and, and all of those data points that we love. You know what? They're roster bonuses, right? People get paid off Pro Bowl appearances, and roughly 8 to 9 million people will watch. Many more will bet, particularly that it's in Las Vegas. Might have guys going and laying bets on themselves. I'm going to have five catches, and he's going to be calling for the ball at every turn. All of those things could happen. Could be chaos. We know mm-hmm. there won't be a lot of defense, except Micah Parsons has basically said he's going to chase everybody oh, he,
4: down. He said he's going to knock him out like Sean Taylor if he gets a chance.
3: Yeah, so that that you got that going for you if mm-hmm. if you're a, a fan of well watching someone play defense in a Pro Bowl. So potentially you have that going it's, for you.
4: Yeah, it, it's it's hard now. It's it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like. It normally, if it goes according to script, it normally doesn't become a football game into the fourth quarter.
3: Yeah, one big hit though. He's going to the sideline. <laughs> is gonna, the bath phone is gonna ring and they're gonna be like, look, 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 man. Not not here. Not here. You already won your your rookie of the year stuff and and all of those things. Just calm down. Go win your Madden get Madden games because he's part of the whole Madden Bowl yeah, he was. thing going on yeah. as well. But we're talking about the Jaguars, and now you bring in Doug Peterson. In the midst of the lawsuit and Brian Flores, all the talk and expectation that left, Leftwich would return to Jacksonville instead not now back uh in Tampa and it looks like that's probably where he ends up right you, you as you mentioned mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy is going to interview for the the Saints job but the exp- and Brian Flores has mm-hmm. but the expectation is that Delis, Dennis Allen will get promoted
4: that's the expectation. Right? That's the expectation, yeah. the expectation as of right now. Yeah, that's expectation they keep it because the program has run so well. He's done such a good job with the defense that you would think he's earned the right to have an opportunity to lead the squad.
3: Well, he shut out Tom Brady and then got into a shouting match with him. Yeah. I mean, that, that might be the first time everybody really knew who Dennis Allen was.
4: Yeah, Who's Dennis. that
3: guy he's screaming at? Yeah, the guy De- that's owning him?
4: <laughs> yeah, Dennis Allen, um, one-time Raiders head coach, probably a little bit before his time. When it came to the Raiders, probably which is what the Raiders generally do. Yeah, like part of the reason you do that is because you can get young, cheap talent to take over the head job. Like that's one of the things that they've always done.
3: Well, commemorating the anniversary uh, this week of John Madden, yeah, 1969 being named the head coach, and he was in his early 30s at the time. So
4: yeah, so that's that's one of the things that they've traditionally done. Um, and so we'll see. Like the Saints' job is is one that's tough, though, because it's a tough rebuild. They have
3: a lot of money. They got to clean up. They got to clean up the cap situation. Like seventy one million dollars. Yeah, it's a lot. Still got to figure out what you're doing with Michael Thomas. Oh yeah. Still got to figure almost, out your quarterback. You almost position. forget.
4: Yeah. You, know, you almost forget. Uh, Michael Thomas existed. He's been gone for so long.
3: Like because that's part of the conspiracy theory. and We'll get to Peterson back in Jacksonville in a moment. But that's part of it with Sean Payton. And we talked about it a little bit last week. Of uh, there's a he did a masterful job with what he had this year. Mm-hmm. You want to go through another year like that? Because that one next year might even be worse. And the yeah. only thing you have to hang your hat on is, you know, you, Cam Jordan and those guys up front on the other end, other side of the ball. Nothing. Like offensively, you can be as creative as you want. You got you don't have any horses on that side. You got Kamara. Nothing. And he can't stay healthy.
4: You don't have anything. You don't have enough to really challenge people. Um, and they have to fix it. I mean, look, they've been able to kind of get butter from a duck when it comes to their wide receiver core because they didn't have anybody that would scare you, particularly when Michael Thomas was away. I mean, it was the Alvin Kamara um, and the chipmunks. I mean, it was (laughs) Alvin and the chipmunks. I mean, it was it. There was nothing. They didn't have anything that really threatened you, that forced you to um, defend the entire field. And so now whoever takes over has to contend and deal with that. It was interesting that Pete Carmichael, um, the offensive coordinator, who's been the offensive coordinator, um, for a while had kind of pulled his name out um, of consideration. So does that mean that he and Dennis Allen have talked and kind of put it together and who's who and what's what? Or, you know, you just never know. But I do know this. I'll, I'll be glad when all these things wrap up. I mean, it seems like the longest process that we've seen. I think it's time to wrap it
3: up. Well, because it's funny, right? Because there's the argument that, all right, they shouldn't be doing any of this until the season. And the season being the Super Bowl, is done. But as we know, that's a month, right? That's five, six weeks that you can get someone in the building and get moving.
4: It's really impossible to, to, to kind of hold on that long because here's the thing. We talked about the calendar in the first hour. The calendar is the Super Bowl is Sunday. Two weeks after that, the combine starts. You would like to have your coaches in place. Well before the combine, well, not because not to mention
3: you, all, you just have these all star games. Yeah, the, that it would have been nice to be able to send four or five guys, yeah, you have, or whatever, you, yeah, into you the have, building. to check,
4: you have your draft meetings, you have all the stuff that you have to get together. And if you don't have your coaches on board, they jump in the process so late that they can't have an impact. Um, yeah, that's why the teams that typically do it early they have an opportunity to people will say this theoretically assemble the best coaching staff because everyone's on the street, and Mike, you and I know if you're on the streets and you're looking for a job, when the phone rings, you're taking the first thing spoken. You're not going to wait like, oh, well, I think my guy may get one, I'm going to wait a couple more weeks and first first time it rings, gone.
3: Well, you and I talk about this all the time, right? The, the trickle-down. We talk about the head coaches, right, and that carousel, but everything that happens and has to occur all the way down to scouting, right? It it changes just that fast, right? You talk about anybody that hurry, lives the man. coach's life
4: changed in a hurry,
3: right? From position coaches to, I mean, you, we've watched coaching staffs balloon like the number of people, the analytics squad, mm-hmm. all the way through down to to scouting, where you you've got some some insights as to how the the pecking order and in dissemination of information occurs. But but certainly that in the case. So we talk about Kevin O'Connell most likely going to Minnesota unless that's off after the whole Jim Harbaugh thing. We're not going to mm-hmm. relitigate the Harbaugh. We talked about it last week. Lo and behold, he didn't take the job. Thought it was mm-hmm. his and he was going to be given it. Seems to me it was more his guy. Uh, Adolfo Menza gave him the courtesy interview. I likened it to your your kid's going to graduate from college, and while they may have no aptitude to take this job not to just diminish Jim Harbaugh in any way, shape, or form, but follow me on the analogy, is that you get a half hour of someone's time just mm-hmm. so you practice interviewing and you get some of those nerves out, even though you both know as you're talking to each other you're probably not getting this job. Seems like that's what the Vikings kind of did to Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, to like it, it, it,
4: you know what's, what's <laughs> weird is, or or it's like this, right? Uh, I don't know if you're ever in a situation where you're going for a job, but the hiring director the person who's doing the hiring or making the decision is someone that's a buddy of yours, and so maybe you take it for granted that because you're all the buddies, that ah, oh, it's just a mere formality. Maybe I don't need. i yeah. Yeah, I don't need to put on a suit. I just put on a collared shirt. I'm good. Like we, and maybe you don't treat that interview with the same level of respect and preparation that you would do others if you were dealing with someone that you didn't know. And maybe because he came in there and maybe he was very casual about how he went about his process, maybe ownership was like, whoa, wait a minute, what?
3: Well, because that's just it. I mean, Jim Harbaugh, going back to Trent Balky because the two are inextricably mm-hmm. linked forever, mm-hmm. right? And egos and whatever. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh might have just said, don't you know who I am? You know what I do. You know what I am. You know what I do. Now, allegedly, it went nine hours. So he yeah. had to have done or said something more than that. Maybe, but the assumption was he was yeah, getting he, maybe, an offer, at least that, thought, that was to maybe thought
4: it was going to be like a three-hour interview. Let's go ahead and wrap, wrap this dinner up and, and yeah, hang all up. this other stuff. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know the. The roster like that? Because remember, he's coming from the college game where he hasn't studied NFL football. Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe they asked him hard questions about the roster.
3: What do you do with Captain Kirk and his $35 million? Hey,
4: what do you do with Captain Kirk? What do you think about a running game? What kind of offense would you run? What kind of defense would you run? What do you think about these hard decisions that we have to make on X, Y, and Z? Do you know how that operates or what that looks like?
3: Well, because doing that while trying to do uh, recruiting day. Which was our signing day, I should say, which yeah. was the same day.
4: Mm-hmm. Different deal.
3: So much different impact. Go to a, a coaching hire that did happen. And we got Doug Peterson back in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh after 2020, 411 and 1. Before that, nine and seven, nine and seven. Of course, the Super Bowl run, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. Look, I've I've said my piece on Carson Wentz often mm-hmm. on this program and, and across Fox Sports Radio, whenever given the opportunity. And Nick Foles, we -hmm. talked about it earlier, you had a magical run. Doug Peterson proved he could find a way to the winner's circle. So for everything else in the hiring cycle, the lawsuit, and all that flow, your chief job of Shad Khan is to find a guy who's going to make Trevor Lawrence that generational talent. And I do the air quotes this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The generational talent that you supposedly got in last year's draft where we saw two, I mean, two legitimate good games from him, week one against Houston, and that's more statistical than anything. Mm-hmm. They got blown out by David Culley. Yeah, circle that name. We'll get back to him in a minute because we were having a conversation off air that I think we should bring to the masses. Uh, and then week seventeen or or week eighteen, I should say, when they they vanquished Indianapolis, while his stats weren't huge, they controlled that game and won in convincing manner. So okay, you've got some bookends you'll get some pieces back, and you have a lot of money to spend. Not a lot of pushback for a Doug Peterson hire.
4: No, not a lot of pushback for Doug Peterson hire because I felt like at the outset there were two guys that would be in play for the Jaguars. One was Doug Peterson, the other was Jim Caldwell. The reason why I felt like these guys would be in play is because you needed someone who has done this before. I don't believe it was a perfect job or a right job an ideal job for a guy who's a first-time head coach. Uh, the on-the-job training, uh, the difficulties in making the transition, dealing with a franchise that has a decade-plus of losing tied to his name, it's a hard rebuild. And so with that, I thought that um, Doug Peterson or Caldwell, but Doug Peterson as a one-time Super Bowl winner as a coach, a one-time Super Bowl winner as a player, or maybe a two-time winner, like you wanted someone who knew what it looked like who had a proven formula who has done it who's done it at the highest level to give them credibility you wanted someone who was a great communicator and by all accounts he's an excellent communicator and relationship builder with players you needed that in the building to patch up some of these relationships that were fractured to build and fortify the trust and then the final thing you needed someone who had a proven track record for getting great performances out of quarterbacks. Say what you want. Say what you will about Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Jalen Hurts. All those guys played under him, and he had a level of success with them. The work that he did with Nick Foles during the playoff run where he completely revamped his system, went back and looked at the stuff that Nick Foles did under Chip Kelly, and basically made that the focal point of the offense, not only during the Super Bowl run, but the following year when – Nick Foles had the time to take over. They went back and did that same stuff again. To me, that level of adaptability and versatility is important. That's why I think that he has a chance to work in Jacksonville. He'll be in an offense around what Trevor Lawrence does.
3: Well, the clock already running, as you said, with Trevor Lawrence. You want to make sure you undo whatever damage was done in year one, because that second contract comes up really fast. That clock, mm-hmm. uh, and you know the sands in the hourglass. It's funny because we had, we tied Doug Peterson to tanking, which is part of the accusations of all of the uh, Brian Flores stuff as well. He's Bucky Brooks I'm Mike Harmon. Let's kick it over to Isaac Lowenkron. Find out what's trending We actually have some honest to goodness
5: new football news for you. Really? And Harmon it involves your team. The Chicago yes. Bears just officially announcing that they have hired Richard Hightower as their new special teams coach. Now Hightower had been the 49ers special teams coach for the last five seasons so a big addition for new head coach Matt eber We also have New college football news. Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman has just reported that Michigan offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis is leaving to become the new offensive coordinator at the University of Miami. The U.S. women's hockey team has defeated Switzerland 8 to nothing at the Olympics as Team USA went for the two-point conversion after scoring its touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the U.S. women's hockey team now 3-0. and I'll see myself out. In the NBA on Saturday night, the Los Angeles Lakers rallied from a 21 point second quarter deficit to defeat the New York Knicks in overtime, 122 to 115. LeBron James returned to the floor after missing five games because of left knee swelling. All he did? A triple double, 29 points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists. In college basketball on Saturday night, Arizona State upset third ranked UCLA in triple overtime, 87 to 84. Mike and Bucky, back to
3: you. Thanks so much. At Isaac Lowencrown, where you find him on Twitter. Mike, alongside Bucky Brooks here, Fox Sports Radio. And coming up next, the Super Bowl is a week away. Is there something we're missing? We'll get it deeper uh, than the surface stories next.
1: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
3: Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Radio's Fox Football Sunday. Mike Harbin alongside Bucky Brooks. Catch Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. You read him. Fox Sports Digital. Download the app. FS1. You see him. The Amazon Scouts View. We did broadcast of the East-West Shrine Bowl this past week. Boots on the ground in Mobile. We'll have a a lot of talk uh, about the week that was. We went into a little bit of process. Now we'll start getting you ready for your mock drafts cuz everybody does a mock draft even I do uh and some success every once in a while you what what do they say they they find the find the nut all of those kind of things uh yeah or the broken c- clock is still going to be right twice in a day that's me uh but one of the things as we start talking about the super bowl bucky it, the surface stuff, right? Matt Mm -hmm. Stafford finally, blah 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 Joe Burrow, look at him second year guy, the injuries, the offensive line we got a lot of obvious stuff Mm -hmm. right? that's just going to be we're going to be bludgeoned with. right? This is the protect the face, make them work the body so in in making folks work the body, is there one thing on either of these teams or maybe one for each that we're just overlooking in their path to get here? Hmm
4: I would say in Cincinnati, so much of the conversation has been on the offense. The defense has played really, really well. Um, The defense has played well up front because in this league to win, uh, the formula is about the P's, the three P's. It's about the passer, it's about the playmakers, and it's about the pass rushers. When you look at the Cincinnati Bengals up front, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have come on like gangbusters.
3: Um, what did you think of Sam Hubbard saying they're playing for Harambe? I, uh, I didn't. I didn't. It's I didn't. I didn't, it, didn't it was. It was a headline it. that I raised my eye, going, "Wow, that's it's an interesting callback to pop culture." Yeah, uh, and I didn't. you know, tragedy. Didn't, whatever. did
4: That didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't, didn't. register. Okay, that didn't register on the thing. Uh, I would say the Bengals' ability to be able to to play up front, uh, the changes that they made defensively. This is a team that really plays a ton of zone coverage. Uh, they don't really disguise. They don't really play uh, trick-em, fool-em football. They line up whatever they're in. They pretty much play. Uh, they're going to try and keep the ball in front of the defense. They're going to rally and tackle them. They're going to do a good job with those things. And when they don't bust or mess up, they don't allow the ball to fly over their heads. They play really good defense, and that's what they've been able to do throughout the playoffs.
3: Do we see a lot of the three-man front? like we saw against Kansas City? Do you try to do the same thing to Stafford's?
4: Uh, I don't think you can do that because I think the Rams are a little more persistent with the running game.
3: They're willing to do it as opposed to abandoning it.
4: Yeah, they will as try. As well as the
3: screen game that you and I love so much, and McKinnon was great for a quarter, and yeah. then all of a sudden he's on a, the side of a milk carton.
4: Yeah, they'll try They'll try to run the rock. And they'll try and run the rock. And when they run, when they run the rock, it sets up how they want to play uh, – the passing game, how they want to do all the other stuff. Uh, so I don't think they'll play that way. I think you'll see them play like four-man four man rush, seven guys in coverage, and occasional blitz and, and those things. But they're going to make sure they do a good job of trying to keep the ball in front. The bigger issue for the Bengals, I don't know how well they match up on the perimeter because when they start playing some of these one-on-one situations where they're zone or whatever, they got to deal with Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup. Those those matchups are not good matchups for them. They're really not good matchups for them.
3: But and, Eli Apple will talk oh, a lot.
4: I mean, he's going to talk a lot right now. He, look, and, yeah, look, man, to the victor goes the spoiler. There are a lot of people that took shots at him for years and years and years on end. When they were wearing him out, People, everybody had something to weigh in and say. So when you're on top of the mountain, man, you begin to kind of make sure that you let everybody know. And that's what he's done. However, Super Bowl Sunday, you better have his track shoes on. Because there's a thing in our league where we call Waldo. He is Waldo. And they are going to go at him early and
3: often. Well, because that's the thing. Just because you're part of a winning squad, not to say he hasn't made a few plays. He's also been on the wrong side of a number of plays through this process uh, as well. You mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. We'll get to the Rams Mm -hmm. uh, in about 10 minutes. Fox football Sunday it's Bucky Brooks with me Mike Harmon uh, one of the things from Odell Beckham Jr. and the reputation uh, and, and it took its hit going to Cleveland right right, right, or not mm-hmm. it just did and how much of that Baker Mayfield the team how they built how they schemed everything else but the Rams put out a, a post and, I, and you had retweeted it and it's something that I had noted uh, quote it's youngins like you that keep me going so he surprised Uh, a number of kids in Watts with Mm -hmm. Super Bowl tickets. They had murals made and everything Mm -hmm. commemorating the Rams and and Odell, but like the community outreach and just that love of the game as he's making the speech. Mm -hmm. And it's a side that we haven't really gotten. So I think the Rams are, are, are doing him a solid also by saying not only did he come here and look at it on the field, this is a guy that's embraced this on a whole other level.
4: Yeah, I think he's an L.A. guy. I think he's an L.A. guy because I feel like the Rams have embraced the Los Angeles Lakers model where they bring in stars. And I think for Odell Beckham Jr., I think L.A. is the first place where he can be himself. He is a megastar. Having watched him interact with kids at events, when he walks in, like literally it is like Michael Jackson. It is like the generation before us when the Beatles and that stuff, like they go absolutely Bananas when Odell Beckham Jr. walks into the thing. When you heard the kid, you heard the kid express his adoration for Odell Beckham Jr. and how excited he was and how Odell inspires him and idol, how he idolizes him and then for Odell to give it back. Yeah, I think there's been a human side. And I think if you couple what we saw on that tweet with what we saw when he, um, look, man, he went and talked to. Debo Samuel at the end of that game and how Debo Samuel receives him. Look, on the outside end, we may think a lot about Oda Beckham Jr., but the players, the players with him, oh, man, there's so much respect and adoration for that guy that you can see it.
3: We always talk about game, knowing game, and some of those Mm -hmm. cliches. That moment will be lived forever. All right, we'll talk about the Rams and what we might be missing on that side next. Welcome in second half of the show. Disco ball still spinning. Why? It is a red carpet Sunday with the Pro Bowl ready for a little later on today. And and you all shake your head. You say, "Oh, Pro, you'll watch." You will. The numbers say it. Or you'll find a couple of minutes uh, stealing away from maybe a little bit of yard work or Mm -hmm. whatever you're working on uh, here on a Sunday morning. We appreciate you being part of our extended family. Mike Harbin alongside Bucky Brooks, NFL vet, Amazon Prime, the Scouts View Mm -hmm. with Daniel Jeremiah and Joy Taylor that had a huge run this year. Uh, Amazon obviously looking to do more things. And and by increasing the price, maybe that ups your paycheck for next year. Buddy.
4: Ooh, I mean, one could see how I, one, I did that direct one line? Could always one could always hope, you know, it's one, it's one of those uh,
3: fun lines in the, uh, mm-hmm. the broadcast rights business. No other entity that's in the game has the ability to just say, you know how we could get more money to buy more rights. Mm. Let me just up your costs because you're not going away for a dollar or two. Price inelasticity, people. Look it up. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Say, oh, I'm canceling. No, you're not. You're not. You're going to pay the extra 2 bucks, and you're going to like it.
4: Yeah. I mean, why not?
3: Right? It's like every time. I mean, it's it's such
4: a, a, in a way, it's such a nominal thing, right, when you think about it, like, I mean, we're only talking about, we're talking about 2 bucks. No,
3: but that's just it, right? As long as you keep it under some of those big dollar marks, right, Mm -hmm. because we have the I'll pay under 20 for this, even though tax is gonna take you over 20. But the sticker says 1999. All right, I could buy that. Gets yeah. to the $29.99. All right, now you're probably maybe making a different economic decision. Is it rational always? No. But that's the way the brain works. It's $9.99. Okay, it's actually 10 plus with tax. But again, I got a deal. Same thing here. So long as it stays under that $20 threshold you're not going to really have that much attrition, yeah. I would argue. Yeah. Right? It's like when every year here in Los Angeles, the the great theme park debate of, wow, they raised their rates again. I'm like, right, yet they still have to turn people away every day. So they have not hit the point where they it hit critical mass. It's just simple demand and supply curves and, and figuring out where the elasticity is. Because once they start to feel it on the back end, they'll know they've gone too far.
4: Yeah, like so. So here's the thing about about it. Like the rates go up, but look, we all know what's coming, right? Amazon is taking over the Thursday night package. It's gonna be spectacular. They've spent the last two years gathering intel on how to present the product. Um, Daniel Jeremiah, myself, we've been a part of that. Joy Taylor has been a part of that with our Scouts Feed show. There've been other shows uh, this year. Andrew Hawkins and Kimmy Checks, uh, Chris Long, and that crew has a show. Andrea Kramer, Hannah Storm, they have a feed. And so as they continue to build this out, you know, they have a main broadcast, and who knows? It's been speculated. you talk about Al Michaels, Troy Aikman, whoever they put on that. And so they're going to throw all the muscle behind it because now all eyes have to go to Amazon Prime to watch the Thursday night game. And please don't let it be lost when people say, like, oh, who's going to really do that? Now that gambling's a part of it, but everybody the, but, will find it.
3: No, <laughs> but that there's so much to it, right? And it's in the, so many households. And again, on a relative basis, a nominal fee, and maybe there's a subscription model for whatever, $3.99 a month or whatever, just throwing dollars out to just bring you in for those five months, Mm -hmm. right? That's it, literally. And and that's it. The other part is, what is Amazon's biggest sell? We give you whatever you want. Mm -hmm. In other words, all of those different feeds, all of those different ways of doing business, you can find someone that's speaking to what you want to hear on a game. Yes. Why the Manning Cast worked, mm-hmm. right? They didn't dissect and it's funny, every and, play,
4: right? And the funny thing about the Manning Cast is the Manning Cast works, even though it didn't necessarily generate or bring a crazy number,
3: right? It didn't. What was it? About a million a week, yeah. yeah. And, but but in the end, it was all the extra buzz, all the extra clips, all the snippets, whatever. Likewise, as you and I'm not like we're doing the big mm-hmm. broadcasting. Uh, grabbing it in the big net here, is the, if you compartmentalize it, so those that like the work that, you know, Hannah Storm is doing, they go over there. You want to get the scouts and breakdown of, you know, you're a college football fan. Yeah. and, And that kind of idea of, you know, training your eye to What are you seeing, you Mm -hmm. and Daniel, and Joy helping to fill those gaps and and ask the questions to prompt and doing the analysis, that that it does that, right? Al and Troy, if that's what they end up doing, well, now you've got two of the biggest hitters that we've had for the last century, right? We were talking about the Winter Olympics before. It's only appropriate that Al Michaels' name comes up in the mix, and he's an LA guy, so he, you know, is, ram it he all day, is an LA
4: guy, Ram and it so all you, night as well. <laughs> so you can you can always bring him into the mix. He's look, he's an icon, and so if you're trying to bring eyeballs to the thing, what you do is you go and invest in stars. And because we all have seen, like, doesn't matter about the NFL, the NFL is going to draw a number. You take it away from all the TV screens, everyone will find a way to get uh, the. Amazon stuff, whether it's on your phone or whatever, there will be different ways for you to be able to consume this product. Well, because that's so the other part, cash in.
3: right? Is that you get it on your phone and then as long as your TV's not 10 years old, you can just cast it to your TV on the bigger screen anyway.
4: And I mean, think about it. I I watched um, I mean, it was, was regrettable, but I watched Carolina and Duke on my phone See? last night. Like ESPN, it pops up. You watch it right there. We're so used to now being able to make our games portable so no matter where we're going we still can watch our game
3: last week uh i watched a good chunk of the afc title game while watching my daughter's soccer scrimmage
4: mm. i just put
3: it in front of us and we're we're watching i'm still screaming at the referees that that, that doesn't stop uh but oh and all of a sudden you got a crowd gather around wait you're watching the game on your phone it's like yes
4: yeah
3: why because yeah. that's what we do so and and right now we're watching a rebroadcast of the skills competition because this is where you know people started going. See, I told you, Mac Jones couldn't hit hit that deep ball because he really struggled with the fours <laughs> in the corners of the end uh, zone. Mean, but that's a.
4: <laughs> but I mean, he, he's load. He's loading up on these little nickels and dimes.
3: Well, but is, isn't that the Patriots way anyway? That is find the a... guy that you know the rub and the scrape across the middle. That that, is, that's the way way to go.
4: That is the Patriots way. Occasional deep shot. Occasional deep shot. I mean, but we're talking about Pro Bowler Mac Jones.
3: That's that's right. Pro bowler Mac Jones. Uh, if you missed that conversation, maybe we'll revisit it a little bit later on in the program. But you get the podcast. Uh, the iHeartRadio app, uh, wherever you pull down your audio, download it, give it five stars. We'll love you forever and ever. Fox Sports Weekends, Brooks uh, and Harmon. All right, so we talked about the Bengals and talking about the defense, maybe giving short shrift. We talked about a, a, a lot over the course of the the season. You and I doing our previews on Sunday mornings, Bucky. And every time we thought they were starting to make maybe have a breakthrough, there would be a breakdown. And now playing good football. Good disciplined ball in the in the back end and certainly getting a good pass rush up front. When we look at the Rams, we talk about star power. We ended last hour, a little bit of the Odell Beckham Jr. arrival and what it means to this offense and the loading up the stars. And I, I've been consistent for as long as I've been doing this stuff. I don't like draft picks are all fine and good. Right? We can talk about mm-hmm. it. We love draft day and, and both the movie and waiting on that Mm -hmm. event it is it is christmas morning but it's also a if i can get a guy who i don't know maybe has made a pro bowl or should be a pro bowler or whatever the case may be onto my squad as a proven commodity you can have my draft picks i don't need them oh let me let me stack guys Mm -hmm. that have game guys that have chips and guys i know what they are and potentially could eke a little bit more out of versus guys where i'm going all right he measures to this guy and i love the comps. And that's part of your job as mm-hmm. as a scout and on the scout's feed, right, trying to relay it to players people know, talking up the next generation of guys as we will do a little bit with the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl. But for the Rams, for everything that's been said about this squad, is there something under the radar as we start to really get into paralysis by overanalysis this next week as a storyline that you think needs more love than it's gotten?
4: Uh, I think the, the, the story that needs more love than has been reported has been Eric Weddle's presence and his arrival and what it's done to the secondary. See, because I firmly believe that what was happening with the Rams at the end of the regular season, they were having too many miscommunication errors and coverage busts. They were having issues where guys were running free. We saw them lose a the game to the San Francisco 49ers, where two-minute drill. Jimmy Garoppolo takes it down the field with little resistance. Multiple blown coverages. Guys not being on the same page. It prompted the Rams to make a phone call to Eric Weddle to get him out of the gym where he's playing pickup basketball and thriving as a pickup player to come back and kind of make it happen. And so when I go and I look and I see. How Eric Weddle has come in, and not just come in and been like, "Oh, look at the kids, the cute, feel-good story." Eric Weddle is taking significant snaps. Eric Weddle is dropping the boom on people in the middle. Eric Weddle and that defense has played much better since his arrival because, as the old KG vet, he's been able to eliminate some of the communication errors that were plaguing the team. He settled them down, and he's played a big role. In helping this defense play to their potential in the postseason when they were slightly underachieving prior to it.
3: Just become a, a new uh potential formula for guys who might not be able to get through a season. Right? Uh, because cause Weddle comes in fresh, mm-hmm. and as you said, he's laying the wood. He he didn't have Mm-mm. eighteen weeks plus training camp, plus all the wear and tear and the big hits or whatever. Cause he's made a couple of plays. Obviously, it's smarts and knowing down-distance situation and other, but he's laying the wood. Like it's, yeah. This is not a guy that looks like you've been out of football.
4: No, he doesn't. Now, I will go back uh, to my time in the league in the mid-late 90s. Ron Wolf, Hall of Fame inductee, executive, former general manager of the Packers. What he would always do is when you would get past week eight of the season, he would bring in a veteran. He would bring in a veteran just in case. Uh, the 96 championship year, he, he picked up Andre Rison off waivers after he'd been let go by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Andre Risen's arrival paid off in a big way when he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, years before, he picked up Mark Collins and some other veterans that you just want to have just in case. Because, see, the playoffs are a different animal. And the reason why you want to sign those guys late in the year is to let them work themselves into playing shape so in the postseason, if you need them, they can do it. So now we talk about Eric Weddle, but I would say the Rams did the same thing with Von Miller. See, because Von Miller, at the end of the year, they didn't necessarily need Von Miller. They didn't acquire Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. for the regular season. They acquired them Mm -hmm. for the playoffs. See, because the playoffs are about your stars. All the performances that we've seen – it's not like the Johnny Field good story that are making the deciding plays. The stars are determining who wins and loses game. Cooper Cup going off in the championship round. Odell Beckham Jr. going off. Matthew Stafford making big plays. Joe Burrow making enough plays for the Bengals to win. Your stars have to get you over the threshold to win the title. And so why you want to a- adre- acquire some of these older players is because they've done it enough that the stage isn't too big for them in the postseason.
3: Well, and Vaughn's just the huge bet for right now, right? In Denver at the time, they, look, and they played pretty well. They fought, mm-hmm. right? Good. Which is kind of curious, right? Because when yeah. they traded Vaughn Miller, it was like, all right, there's the white flag. Yeah. Like the puff of smoke, whatever, whatever analogy you want to use. they like, all, all right, they're done.
4: And they, it didn't end. Now they're talking about because they have they have the money to re-sign both of those guys. Thirty nine million dollars comes off the cap books. Next yeah, we year. were the talking about that last week. Over there, so now you got Odell Beckham Jr. and Vaughn Miller. Also, because now I'm a little jaded because my guys, their tra- head trainer, he understands it. I believe that from a sports science standpoint, and a, and playing in LA and the weather is warm and all this other stuff, there are things that you can do for older players in L.A. that you can't do for older players elsewhere. Say what you want. I love Denver. I love going to Denver to climb, but it it gets chilly. It gets cold. And it's just like when you play golf. The ball flies farther in warm weather than it does in cold weather. Your body feels differently in warm Mm -hmm. weather than it does in cold weather. And because you have Sean McVan, those guys who have an understanding of how to get their veteran players ready to play in the postseason, it's a very desirable thing. And LA is LA. There's a lot of things to like about LA. You think? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Can't wait for everybody stuff, to come visit us this lot, week. A lot of stuff to like. And there are a lot find a on that are, Radio Row. That'll that understand it. And so, yeah, I think they certainly have found a formula and a recipe. And what we talk about players over picks, it's not a complete dismissal of the picks. What it does is it puts more pressure on your staff to really find developmental players in third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Right. But you're swapping for ones and twos to get stars. I'll take stars any day.
3: Absolutely. Uh and eventually I, I really want to do this and, and maybe you could do this, uh, where as part of the scouts view and, and mm-hmm. you're welcome already, is find D coordinators that aren't D coordinators anymore <laughs> and have them try to explain how players like Gronkowski, Cooper Cup, and Travis Kelsey always seem to be open when it seems obvious to everybody that it should be a box and one. On those mm. players the way teams to take play. them away <laughs> to try to at least limit them
4: yeah to right because they away. seem to
3: be running free quite quite it, often and, and and it's are. really kind of trouble
4: yeah you want to take them away you want to limit their impact you don't want those guys to be main the primary weapons but yeah it makes it tough
3: yeah it's it's certainly uh the the larger chess match uh, and and playing the long game, so all of that uh, it will be in Bucky's new bro- book, ready for 2023. At Bucky Brooks, where you find him on Twitter, find me over at Swollen Dome. Coming up next, we're going to stay in Los Angeles. Yeah, the Lakers won last night, but some post game Q and A that I think lends a uh, well, my eyebrows raised, maybe yours will be too. We'll talk about that next year on Fox. Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Radio. And Fox Football Sunday. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks. We're having a blast with you this morning as we will turn our attentions back into litigation. The hiring cycle. You know, a little bit of that pesky thing called the Super Bowl (laughs) coming up in a week. Look, we got all week to dissect it, right? You don't want to just kill it now. Like, we have three hours next week. We'll do some of the prop bets. We'll do some of the angles and, and player expectations, uh, some recaps of the craziness, because you and I will be around the convention center a ton for Radio Row, uh, working, you know, NFL Network stuff, me, you know, for Fox Sports Radio. Smith and I will be there in the evenings. So, like, all of that swirling together, a lot of goodness. Mm-hmm. And so, we'll have three hours of your early kickoff to Super Bowl. And then I'm going to the game. So, I, I oh. will be the live correspondent, and I will stay uh, sober-ish. Sober-ish? Sober-ish uh, to be able to effectively well, I guess it depends on.
4: I guess it depends on if you're going as a credentialed member.
3: No, I'm going as just me.
4: Oh, you're going as your fan. You can do yourself. You can knock yourself out.
3: Well, I, I, I'm not one to uh, overindulge. I'm, I'm not as young as I used to be. Mm. You know, the cliche kind of thing there. I, and, I, and I know my limits. Mm. Especially when it's costing me twenty bucks a beer, that <laughs> that ain't mm. no joke. <laughs> you just got to
4: budget a hundred dollars.
3: No, if, over a whole game plus <laughs> the pregame and everything else. Now nah, I'll go tailgate somewhere and, and make friends uh, <laughs> and try to save some of that cash. Uh, but we were are watching the skills competition and uh, having some fun. The the replays of all of this, all the accuracy, and I like that they had the DBs get in the mix. Yeah, trying. and try to harass the quarterbacks, which is good. So we need a little more of that. but And maybe we'll see some of that in the Pro Bowl later today. But I want to turn attention to the NBA for a minute, Bucky, because that's where in a week's time, right, as soon as the Super Bowl is over, yeah, we'll talk about the immediacy thereafter. But no, it gets into, all right, it's NBA season. Now let's catch up on what we may have missed. But nobody has missed this storyline in Los Angeles, the uneasy entry of russell westbrook to this squad lebron james missing time due to mm-hmm. injury returns last night in a big game against the knicks the knicks with if we're going to do it in football i'm doing it in basketball an epic collapse right i'll give lebron james and anthony davis their credit for coming mm-hmm. back and engineering a win but up 21 i mean there's a lot of basketball left but you got younger legs and, and more you scores be, you to be, be able to close finish.
4: It. you got to be able to close that out.
3: But the um, obvious thing about it is Russell Westbrook. Yeah, look, I mean,
4: second time that we've seen uh, Frank Vogel sit Russell Westbrook down in key moments. Uh, Russell Westbrook, who is a, I mean, you're talking about an all-star an MVP, uh, a guy who is one of the best to do it, a guy who will go down as a certain Hall of Famer. Uh, to have to sit him down in the closing moments of a game. Man, that is ballsy. However... When you're the coach of the team, you have to do what is in the best interest of the team. And at that moment, Russell Westbrook had not played well. Turned the ball over a ton, shot was off, hadn't really uh, contributed and put up points. And this is a team that is in desperate need of a win because they got to stay in the playoff hunt. And so in these moments, I think the big thing for Vogel is what is his communication like with Russell Westbrook? And it is difficult because Russell Westbrook is a superstar. But in these moments right now, you have to do what you do for the team. And so I worry more so about the fallout when you make the decisions, more so than the decision. Can you communicate with Russell Wilson and let him know, hey, man, here's what it is. It's a one-game deal. But right now, we're going to play the five best at the end of the game.
3: We saw Talon Horton Tucker sub in for him for the overtime period. Post-game, Russell Westbrook, quote, I don't care about anything as long as we won. That became his marshawn lynch like i'm here so i don't get fined kind of mantra and more communication uh asked uh, about did frank vogel communicate to him what was happening said quote no communication but he's the coach he makes whatever he feels is the best Mm -hmm. decision for our team we won the game that's the most important part frank vogel asked about the decision had this to say
1: frank along those lines a decision like that was the right decision to win tonight um but in, in your mind, are you, when you think about Russ and kind of long term, and obviously he's going to need to impact the game defensively and off the ball for you guys to, to be the team that you want to be, how do you kind of balance letting him play through some of this stuff versus this is not the time for, for that?
0: Well, there's nothing wrong with any player if if someone's not playing well enough and, and they don't get to finish the game or they don't get to close the game out. Um, there's nothing wrong with giving somebody else that you have a, a you know, feels going to give you a better chance, uh, giving them that opportunity. And, you know, hopefully, uh, the response is that that player plays better.
3: Any player, that player,
0: mm-hmm. play
4: the, a, the yeah, question from Dan
3: Wojcicki, uh, the unmistakable voice of our buddy, uh, joins Jason Smith and I, at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when things are really popping, uh, mm-hmm. in LA basketball, IE, uh, the flames are in the dumpsters mm-hmm. uh he'll join us more frequently to kind of update vogel watch and everything else because let, let me tell you halftime yesterday you want to talk <laughs> about it, if you were going to place an uh, a wager on whether he was walking out of the building as still the coach uh if they'd lost that one i don't know but you had fans actively booing westbrook jeering get you know chance mm-hmm. about getting the ball out of his hands. his jump shot is broken and I know it's not a one-on-one. But it's, always, one, been,
4: but it's but, always been broken. Yeah,
3: but right now, like, he's not even hitting rim. It's always like, been. Like, it's it's one yeah. thing to miss one, but, like, you start getting into streak. But it's amplified right Right now, though, Bucky, right? Because yeah. defensively, like, he's always kind of gotten lost. But now that's going to be on the, all right, let's do the quick cut of here's three or four plays where he's just in no man's land kind of wandering some missed shots. And remind folks, they're a fickle bunch here in L.A. Right, because are they Lakers fans? Are fickle? I well, you know, for the for the, we are broadcasting nationally. For those that always think like the front running thing does work, right? Matthew Stafford, even if they were winning games, he throws an interception or two. It's ah, those are the things that are come yeah. back to get him. Yeah, that, right. I, mean, that is I mean, true. go back to the game against against San San Francisco. Tart doesn't make a play. Okay, Stafford also had a couple of receivers that didn't make plays for him in theory, negating those out. But obviously, the one that you're going to hang on is like, ooh, we gave them a chance. Well, they missed. Mm -hmm. And quarterbacks have a lot of those over the course of a year. right? The law of averages says you're going to have a streak sometimes where defensive backs, and no disrespect to you and your defensive back brethren, brethren, Mm -hmm. uh, Bucky, but we know the idea of, all right, defensive backs can hang with the wide receivers, do all that. Not all the guys can catch. I mean, not, I mean, I, I'm not, I I'm mean, I'm not gonna be. I'm not, I, mean, I don't it's mean it as disrespect. I'm just it's, saying. It's,
4: I mean, it can be a little tough sometimes. Like it's, it's That one was catching, not tough though, Bucky. It's hard catching a flying object. Well, oh, sure. It's hard.
3: An oblong object that spins funny. I really wish this was a TV show right now. Because your eyes would betray you. Uh, that is about as sheepish a response as you're uh, ever gonna get. But yeah. but again, the point is Russell Westbrook right now, everything's gone wrong. And, and my the larger point you was... This,
4: you say this as they put on a, a, a series of his clips. He See, well, that's the way it works. Holy smoke.
3: The highlight uh I mean, holy five smokes. points, one for ten from the field, had four turnovers, played twenty nine minutes, and and it was ugly. Right, this was yeah. not like it there's there's bad performances and there's this stands out cuz why national TV right all week long and they got the gift of LeBron actually playing otherwise it would probably have been worse. Oof. Right? Yeah. LeBron and, and AD combined for some crazy numbers. Uh AD doing stuff that you haven't seen since Shaq <laughs> in terms of yeah. points and rebounds. He also had his requisite three or four moments on the court where he's laying around like Peter Griffin when he, you know, hits his shin going Shh. Yeah, Is he going to get up? Right, It's a way to steal a minute of TV time for Seth MacFarlane and company. I mean, it's a brilliant move. Uh, for Anthony Davis, that's become a, all right, he's hitting the floor again. Is he getting back up? But either way, the the Westbrook stuff gets amplified. But I remind folks that LeBron James in stretches were things before the title when he first got here. He mm-hmm. wasn't universally loved by Laker fans either because they assumed it was going to be, snap the fingers, LeBron's here, we're never losing again. Right, we're going to challenge the Golden State Warriors' single season win record. They also lost <laughs> Balls. Uh but the, the idea, but the idea being that the honeymoon period ended quickly this year because you're also looking at it in the the time span of the LeBron James window, which yeah. you know is not finite. And now that he's shown he's not not uh, a cyborg or some oh he meta-human. is a cyborg. He he's, he's
4: waiting for Bronny. He's waiting for Bronny to come to the NBA.
3: Is that why he's not? now this is load management, and he's not really hurt. this load management. How dare, how load dare I? load management
4: for twenty twenty five. Just make sure he has some gas left.
3: All, all I can say is this, and for the this this was a hot topic the last forty eight hours. Reminder: if it, the sequence has to be Bronny gets drafted, and LeBron is hanging out, and then signs a veteran minimum to join that. Because if Bronny ends up or whatever whatever all those trademark names he's got, I want to make sure I don't want to go anywhere where I gotta pay him seven bucks or twenty bucks a mention. Um, that means LeBron James last year with whatever team was an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. Assuming that he projects as he is now to where yeah. he'd be a top five pick or whatever. And we know that for legacy purposes can't happen.
4: <laughs> it can't happen.
3: Well, or or if you have the frozen envelope theory taken to a whole other level.
4: He said that he would be willing, that he would be willing to go elsewhere. He would leave LA. I never thought that was
3: but I never thought that was in doubt. Like that seemed kind of obvious if he wanted to play with with Bronny. I mean, because how do you strong arm a deal that gets him to Los Angeles if he were still here? Or the Lakers would have to go back into the abyss again. Which would mean failure for LeBron, which I mean really just kills all sorts of narratives.
4: There there would be failure for LeBron, and that would kill all of the narratives when it came to that. Yeah, and that so so that can't happen. No. So good times. Yeah, you yeah, right. so right. can't do that. Either,
3: either that or we have the Patrick Ewing frozen envelope all over again. <laughs> you think
4: you think, you, you, you really believe put that, in that? Put it?
3: that in the five slot.
4: <laughs> you really you really believe in no,
3: that? No, I just like conspiracy theories sometimes when it comes to these Maybe. things.
4: I mean, look, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying I mean, there's yeah, lots
3: like, of them with some of the greats of the game in every sport that we follow. Certainly uh, the NFL has plenty of them.
4: Yeah. Look, man, there, there, there are a ton, there are a ton of those, those narratives that kind of follow the deal. I, th- I, th- I think what will be interesting is one we have to see is Bronny, is he really of that caliber in terms of being like number one overall, really a high school player? But is he, is he that in term, in terms of what it looks like? And then, man, LeBron really wants to play that long. Like, oh, he, is he his, really wants to put? But that's
3: what I ask you: is really his wants, is his body gonna hold up that long? That's the larger issue at this point. And why I mentioned the cyborg. Yeah, because, thing. because physically we we've
4: We've seen we've seen him kind of win. Now down. it's a change. Yeah, now now it's a change. And what also has to happen is the load management piece has to has to has to be a bigger part of his his game. It has to be a bigger part of how he takes selected time off, how he um manages his minutes. how they manage the stuff around him, and so he plays at a at a high level, but he still has to win games in doing that. We've never seen LeBron James manage minutes.
3: Well, Because that's, that's the hard part of this, right, is the presumption that they would be fine. Like, if he missed time, you had Davis and Westbrook and whatever mm-hmm. you think of the rest of the cast. Like, Monk, for the most part, has played pretty well. Had a couple of bad shots and whatever yesterday, but they're not all going to fall. But you don't have the depth mm-hmm. of the roster to absorb him being gone for a long period as maybe you would in the past goes back to the conversation we were having about the Rams in all right you think you're good enough to be one of the top seven in the conference so you got to make sure Mm -hmm. Von Miller's engine is ready right Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. any of these other stars that you bring in it's all about January and February likewise for LeBron that's always been the case
4: but unfortunately,
3: been. you can't just assume that right now, because right now at 26 and 28, there's no guarantee they're even in the play-in no. when this is all said and done.
4: No, it's good. Look, they have to win games. And so I understand Frank Vogel right now, everyone is nipping at his heels. They're trying to get Frank Vogel fired two years after they won the championship. Whether you want to put an asterisk by it or not, because it was in the <laughs> bubble. Two years after the championship, they're trying to get rid of Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel is coaching for his life, it appears, each and every week. And so when you're Frank Vogel and it comes down to the bottom line of it where, hey, man, we need to win games, you do whatever it is that you need to do to win the game. Way to go, Herm Edwards. Whatever you need to do, man, whatever you need to do.
3: Frank Vogel. And when you say any player and that player, curious to watch the relationship as it goes Uh, forward. I I
4: think what he's trying to do is, in a way, I feel like he's trying to protect Westbrook. I think he's trying to keep it generalized. Sure as opposed to, hey, Russell, 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 because I think you, you probably run into more problems if you single Russell out as opposed to making it more general so then he can make a future decision with somebody else to sit down and say, "Say, see, I told you. I'll...
3: See, Anthony Davis, he's coming for you next. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. This is Fox Football Sunday. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk about Patrick Graham heading to Las Vegas, but first... It's Isaac Crow with What's Trending. Honest to goodness, fresh
5: football news on this Sunday. Mike oh my and eye. Bucky, starting with your team, Mike. The Chicago Bears hiring Richard Hightower as their new special teams coach. Hightower had been the 49ers special teams coach for the last five seasons. A big addition for new head coach Matt Eberflus in Chicago. In college football this morning, Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman reports that Michigan offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis is leaving Ann Arbor to become the new offensive coordinator at the University of Miami. As Mike and Bucky have detailed in the NBA on Saturday night, the Los Angeles Lakers rallied from a 21-point second-quarter deficit to defeat the New York Knicks in overtime 122-115. to LeBron James returning to the floor after missing five games because of left knee swelling and delivered a triple-double, 29 points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists. Yay. Yeah. Going to need a little more from you about your triple-double, Lamar, if you don't mind. Jeez.
4: You know, I kind of, you know, the knee loosened up a lot. Um, My mind loosened up a lot more. And I was able just to play basketball. But just excited to be back in the uniform, back on the floor with my guys. Missed them. You know, I missed the game. And, um, you know, I was able to make a few plays to help us win the
0: ball game.
5: See, was that so hard? And college basketball on Saturday night. Arizona State. Arizona State rather upset third ranked UCLA in triple overtime in Tempe 87 to 84. And finally, as I toss it back to you, Mike and Bucky, uh, we have a developing Fox Sports Radio investigation. We have local staple Randy's Donuts, a box of Randy's Donuts in the Fox Sports Radio kitchen. I'm looking for some clarification here. Was that from this morning, or has that been here since yesterday? No, you guys was, have any any was, info that about was, that?
4: That was, that was a that was a morning. That was a morning treat. That was a morning. This that. morning, not that yet. is yeah. a
5: Bucky Brooks yeah. special, right oh, there. Thank you so much, Bucky. Yeah. He dialed yeah. it up. <laughs> Back to you guys. Bye,
3: I Ilo. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> you know how it works here in radio. <laughs> If it's free, that means there's nine guys around the box. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. Fox Football Sunday. Coming up next, we head to Vegas. We got Pro Bowl, but we also have the Raiders making a huge addition to their staff. We'll do it next here on Fox. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans
1: in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
3: Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Radio. Fox Football Sunday. Mike Harmon, alongside Bucky Brooks. So we get ready for Super Bowl week. We're talking about suits and ties. Mm-hmm. I have a whole rack of ties waiting to be worn. Super Bowl <laughs> week, I get to bring back out because normally it's sh- t-shirts and shorts. I mean, you got to yeah. dress the part a little bit if you're going to be around the convention center because yeah. you never know what kind of party's going to break out either.
4: You, you never, you never know what kind of party's going to break out. Media party. Media Are you going to go on Friday? I think it's Friday night.
3: Yeah, I'll be on the air, but at Universal Studios. Yeah. Check that out.
4: A little different.
3: Oh, I mean. Wahoo! Take advantage of the nicely done. Sam's recording his own sound bites now. I like that. I oh, know. That's good. Mm. Oh, that was a Dan Byer. We should have recognized. That was a, I just, that's, that's recognized. Dan
4: Byer Yahoo?
3: I re- that sounded very much like an Iowa Sam. That is what it that's, is. That
4: sounded like Iowa Sam. That didn't sound like Dan Byer.
3: Wahoo!
4: Yeah, that's definitely. I guess maybe uh, on the back
3: end there. Nah, I don't, I, I, I don't I,
4: know. I, that sounds like I was Sam. Now nah,
3: that's interesting. It is what it is.
4: <laughs> now that is Dan Byer,
3: <laughs> my partner on the I Want Your Flex podcast. <laughs> later, later on this week, we'll have uh, the next iteration. We're already doing a mock draft for twenty twenty two. Already? Yeah. Well, you got to. You got to feed the machine. are already doing that. Yeah. Not mock wow. draft for, you know, mock draft, well, No, mock I mock fantasy about,
4: draft. I know I know what you're talking about. Because we're going to get a league
3: together. We're going to do a guillotine league, too, which was a lot of fun. Uh,
4: what is a guillotine league?
3: Guillotine league, the lowest scoring team each week gets gets kicked out.
4: Oh, so we're doing a little so Premier League? So your
3: team, league, your team goes, yeah, your relegation. Boom. So you're relegation, done for the out. year, which means your team goes to waivers. So then a part wow. of it is the free agent acquisition wow. budget and, and spending your waiver dollars one properly.
4: Bad, one bad week and I'm out.
3: That's it. Wow. Like, I finished second in the league I was in this year, a bunch of the industry folks. Wow. I, I had a bad week one, but not a disastrous one, and not recognizing, you know, I didn't do the long play. I wanted to make sure I survived. I spent a lot of money on on waivers week one. So I, I already had Justin Herbert. So then I, I added Josh Allen and I added Elijah Mitchell, who ended man, that, up becoming a beast hey for me. Hey, man, that's that's a tough league. But I spent a lot of money. That's a lot of pressure. Which means later on I, I lost as teams fell to the wayside, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm against an all-star team.
4: But that's that's a lot of pressure. It's
3: awesome, though. I like mean, it really is a different way to play and uh, really ramps it up, especially I mean, when, you know, Jason Smith and the other guys I, I mean, know that were in, they got, got crushed early.
4: I can only imagine how long you've been laboring – your decisions on, oof, on game day. Who oh, you? It's a, di- it's a different yeah, it's, way it's, to it's, get it's about a it. It's a different. animal.
3: Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll get one of those going as well as a traditional league, because then we can bring it to the airwaves. Uh, and the roster decisions and all that fun that you are doing. We'll also be talking about prop bets and everything else. Bucky and I will do a little bit of that mm. next week. But uh, Dan and I, as part of the I Want Your Flex, we'll have some of that for you this week as well. As all of the interviews and content you'll have from Radio Row, keep it locked 24-7 here at Fox Sports Radio. We're all going to have a piece of... Of that proverbial pie from Ben Maller all the way through the lineup back to Jason and I each and every night with with everything you come to expect from a Super Bowl week. So uh, we got you here on Fox Sports Radio now. Patrick Graham, mm. Patrick Graham heads over to Las Vegas and will become the new defensive coordinator for Josh McDaniels. We we saw him a couple of stints with the Giants. He was in Miami. Uh, working with Brian Flores a couple of years ago, played with them mm-hmm. worked with the Packers. so I mean we're talking pedigree go back to the Patriots certainly uh the resume that goes through I've seen a couple of clips and talking about you mm. know for Patrick Graham just reminding folks, you know we we talked a lot about the Giants, particularly his last stop of that offense, but how well the defense played despite not getting a whole lot of help from Daniel Jones and that side of the ball.
4: Look, Patrick Graham is very impressive, and I think some of the things that have shown up online where he's talking about why he should be recognized, I think he's very thoughtful and articulate in expressing why he should be viewed as a head coaching candidate, regardless of whether he's using generalities or specifics. I think it was a great presentation, and I think one of the things that's lost when we talk about coaching candidates from the outside uh, looking in We just get surface-level stuff, right? It is top quarterback, top team, teams, anything. Uh, Oh, let's give the credit to the quarterback, coach, or the offensive coordinator, or those things. And a lot of the work that is done, and we're seeing, the tournament has been full of the elite quarterbacks in the league. right? Most of the elite quarterbacks were the ones that are in the tournament. Got
3: to have the guy to get you to, at least to the dance.
4: Right. It's the chicken or the egg debate. Is it the quarterback that makes the coach? Or is it the coach that makes the quarterback? And a lot of the things that we're seeing is we're seeing guys who are just touching the hem of the quarterback's (laughs) <laughs> getting a job, Nathaniel Hackett, hey, guy, who's been guy that wants in the league turn, yeah. for a long time. But Nathaniel Hackett is kind of getting credit for what Aaron Rodgers has been able to do or whatever. And look, I would say Nathaniel Hackett had head coaching credentials on his own, married the stuff that he did in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles, who had some limitations, they still were able to get to the championship game, to me was more impressive than what he did in Green Bay. But some of these other guys who are around – quarterbacks and those things and so for Patrick Graham to be able to come out and say look look beyond that let's open it up let's look and see how other guys are impacting the game to give them an opportunity to maybe lead a team I thought it was fascinating
3: well that we'll continue with that part next hour but coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio we're going to get the scouts eye right we had the Mm. east-west shrine bowl and we had the senior bowl this week Bucky and some observations of the week that was Locked and loaded, final hour of the program. Oh, it goes so fast, covering all the world of the National Football League, a little bit of NBA sprinkled therein, Uh, sign of things to come here as we have two more weeks of NFL action. Obviously, the Pro Bowl later on today, live and in living color from Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, as the skills competition is being shoved down my throat one more time on one of our monitors here. Big day in the NCAA coming up as well. We've got the Olympics flowing. uh, All eyes on the curling. Yes, curling exhibition, which you know, we all think we can do. I've actually done it a couple times. I'll, uh, stretch, people. That's all I can say. <laughs> the old adage of, you know, when we were younger, it was like, yeah, you stretched. You did like five minutes of stretching because they only had so many hours that they were allowed to practice. Now it's like, all right, make sure you get a good stretch in before you show up to the facility, whatever you're doing. But certainly if you go curling, which means you're probably of a certain age, like my age and your mid-40s, uh, to where... Well, that comes back to haunt you 24 hours later. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks with you here having some fun. And, and Bucky just laughs. He's like, yep, stretch.
4: stretch." Folks make forget. Sure it's very important. Yeah, we need to need to make sure you get all that limbered up, little dynamic warm-up before you participate.
3: You know, all the pliability being such a big deal. Uh, at Bucky Brooks, where you find him, uh, NFL Network, Amazon, Prime on the Scouts View, Daniel Jeremiah with Joy Taylor, podcasting. Uh, alongside Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, He was on the call for the East-West Shrine Bowl, on the ground for the Senior Bowl. We'll get into those momentarily here. Uh, And, uh, of course, the digital world, foxsports.com. Download the app. uh, See his latest columns there and here every week with me on Sundays here, Fox Sports Radio. Go and download the podcast, Fox Sports Weekend's, Uh, Brooks and Harmon, uh, our episode for today, all the great conversations of the hiring process. We'll get into it a little more in 20 minutes because I want to go back to the Brian Flores and his lawyers and the use of the term playbook as related to the response from Roger Goodell and company that came out over the weekend. Maybe you missed that part of the saga because we get deeper into the litigation, the 58-page. See, I want to call it a 58-yard field goal. Uh, The 58-page um complaint that is out there including some things to remedy the situation we'll we'll run through those a little bit as well because trying to find a solution is i think what everybody would love to except there's no easy a to b in this process so we'll get into that as we flow but from a scout view right you have the long view of the college football season right when we started things We're looking at North Carolina's Howell as one of the top guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, He struggled in his senior bowl, right? Strip sacks and and visibility. Malik Willis, we talked about him a little bit earlier uh, in the program. How about we hear a little of Malik Willis?
1: Third down and goal. Cheddar Lewis now the tailback to the right of Malik. Gets a snap. Rolls the pocket right on the hash. Dart throws it end zone. It's caught. What a catch. Going out of bounds.
3: Going back to bowl season, courtesy of Liberty uh, on that one, but he's the guy that looks like is coming out of this with a a little bit of a win for the week. That was, you know, as you go into a a week in evaluation, obviously around not only the players and the coaches, but other scouts representatives from teams, you know, how, how do you approach the week from a, all right, here's what I'm getting to as game week begins to that game day, you know, and and putting that information into the package that you put on air, but also that knowledge as we head towards the draft. Yeah,
4: I think what's important to note about uh, All-Star Games, All-Star Games are things that can only help you, they shouldn't hurt you. Meaning, these are games that in the evaluation process, they are designed to enhance what you think about a player, not necessarily... um, diminish what you saw from a player during the regular season. And so when these players go down there, everyone understands they're in an unfamiliar environment. They're dealing with a new playbook, new teammates, and those things can impact the way that they perform. But what you want to see is how guys compete. You want to see how adaptable they are. You do want to assess some of their skills that you aren't necessarily able to see on tape. How do they move around? How do they compete? Um, How do they play against better competition? But at the end of the day, it is a tool just to kind of like confirm some of the things that you gathered from watching them on tape. Now, when we think about your your quarterbacks, guys like Sam Howell, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, um, Kenny Pickett, what you wanted to see is how did they perform throughout the week? How did they pick up the playbook? How did they respond to some of the challenges that um, you know the environment presented them? And then you want to see, how did they ultimately perform on game day? Kenny Pickett, 6-for-6, 89 yards, had a touchdown, uh, threw the ball all over the yard. He's a guy that people were very, very high on coming in. He has some of that swag and some of that confidence and stuff that people have tried to kind of link him to what Joe Burrow has been able to do with the Cincinnati Bengals based on how they both finished their final seasons at LSU and at Pittsburgh, respectively. Desmond Ritter, the ultimate winner. Uh, You think about... The, uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats being the little engine that could, the way they took on the Goliaths, the way they were able to kind of dominate and work their way into the playoff, how he performed on the stage, not only those stages, but how he performed at the Senior Bowl. He certainly helped himself. Uh, I think the biggest winner coming out of the week, though, is Malik Willis, because everyone will talk about his tools and what he brings to the table in terms of just his raw athleticism, his natural arm talent, those things. When you look at the quarterbacks um, at the top of the board, typically they all have elite tools, meaning they have A-plus talent in some way, shape, or form. Athleticism, arm talent, um, they're spectacular in those things. And if even if their games are raw, we've seen when you bet on the talent, like a Josh Allen, like a Lamar Jackson, I mean, even Patrick Mahomes, you have an opportunity to get a really, really special player. And so I think Malik Willis showing up and showing out in terms of maybe being the most talented of the bunch down there might make him – he he could be drafted higher than many of us thought just based on those traits.
3: Well, what's funny to me is we always get into these draft processes, and certainly for this year, it's the – this is the down class. That's what Mm -hmm. you're going to hear for the next two and a half months. And then we all have to get smacked back into reality of teams still need quarterbacks, right? We've talked about it all show. We've talked about it all year. You at least need the the guy that can stir the drink, right? Maybe yes. raw, there might be components of the game missing. But you've got to have the guy and know mm-hmm. you have the guy. And teams that don't, you're dead in the water. Yes. You may get yourself to the brink of the playoffs. Maybe you eke in. And if everything breaks right, then yeah, maybe you have a phenomenal run. But in general, that's not the way it works.
4: That is not the way it works.
3: So when we talk about these quarterbacks, and I'm like, all right, this guy will only be drafted here. We know three of these guys are going to go in the top ten. Because we immediately get into the discussion of, all right, tackles and... Interior defensive linemen aren't sexy. We'll talk up Aaron Donald all week, but then out of the other side of our mouth, we'll say, ah, whatever. Uh, We need to get this. But the other is you go into free agency. You go into who's available to be traded, and I don't believe Wilson or Rodgers are going anywhere. I really Mm -hmm. don't. And maybe I'm wrong. I was right this last year. I think I'll be proven right again. Either Rodgers plays in Green Bay or he's walking the earth. Is is how I come to it, and he's doing whatever form of media he wants to do. Russell Wilson, while he's not explicitly saying it, he's led you as close to the to the edge as you can of saying, "I want to be mm-hmm. a one team guy." Right? He mm-hmm. keeps saying that thing. He's been saying it all his media availability in Las Vegas.
4: What's well, the contract,
3: oh, right? It's I mean, all about the cash. Man. Sure, sure. And the, and the and the cash. cap goes up this year. The it's cap will go up next year. Right? You yeah. had the one year COVID you know, downturn, and and now we're looking at expanding back once again. But it it gets into, Bucky, the. you look at the list of available quarterbacks. If you're going to trade, who's the only guy? Jimmy Garoppolo, who most folks have spent the last month trashing at every turn they can, but he's the leader in the clubhouse. If you look at who's available. You know, I I get shited by my on-air partner when I bring up Mitchell Trubisky, but like but but I know but, I know, no, but I'm just telling you from know, where but, you're right. but what from where we're at in terms of the list he still becomes a top 5 quote unquote coveted guy in terms of he's what's one available the guys, one versus the these there, unknowns yeah. that are coming in via draft and if we're going to go to the all right you want to have the running clock of a cheap quarterback you're going to draft one of these guys earlier than paying a middling guy to come in for 12 to $15 million and just say, hey, go learn on the job.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, look, here's the thing. When you look at the class and you look at what is available, um, they are not any sure things that are available. I do not expect Aaron Rodgers to shake loose of Green Bay. I do not expect Russell Wilson to move on from Seattle. I think both of those guys are there, and I think both of those guys, the long play, well, the, whatever, whatever play it is, both of those guys will walk away with new contracts at the end of this. Um, Russell Wilson uh, didn't come off his best year, but I understand both of those guys. Well, and Aaron Rodgers had
3: a great year, but he didn't matter yeah.
4: when it mattered. And, I mean, they, they're locked in. like it, They'll get the money that they want, and I think that's a big part of their uneasiness, despite them talking about the other stuff. Uh, the rest of the class, man, I don't know. Like You talk about Jimmy G and trade options and those things. I wrote about it like where I could see him fitting. Um, Pittsburgh being one of those destinations, the Broncos being another. Um, Miami potentially, if Mike McDaniel takes the head job or is given a head job. But I mean, who knows? You have Jameis Winston coming off an injury. You have Mitchell Trubisky, who, look, by all accounts, uh, a time away. You go back, you reflect on what Matt Nagy potentially did to him or didn't fully do to maybe him. Maybe Dable fixed it. Yeah. Maybe you give him an opportunity to come in. Um, as that competitive backup quarterback, meaning I would expect <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky to be a New York giant. That's what might be my expectation. Sure. Brian Dayball brings him in. The guy knows the system. The guy is good enough to put a little pressure on Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones falters. poop. here we go. He's young enough to, if he handles it the right way, maybe he is the answer at the quarterback position for the Giants without having to look into the draft. So I would expect that to maybe make, be a move for the Giants.
3: First uh, th- order of business for Brian Dable, other than obviously Daniel Jones making better, also figuring out what you have in Kadarius Tony uh, and the amount of money that you put into Kenny Galladay. Uh,
4: I think uh, that's a look,
3: lot I, of money for a guy who um, who's like not a number nothing.
4: one. He's not a number one. Well, he's receiver. not a
3: number one, but he's
4: yeah, he's not. But a number he one he, he got
3: that contract off a five game yeah he's last not, season in Detroit, and then was invisible.
4: Yeah, he's not, he's not a number one receiver, so what you have to do is you have to figure out how can I take what I have? Because he inherited Galladay. He inherits uh, Sterling Shepard, who's coming off an injury. Another guy he with a big contract, paid Kadarius, like a one. Yeah, he has Kadarius Toney. Uh, you look at what he was able to do up in Buffalo. Um, Stephon Diggs was legit. They don't have anyone that is on that right stratosphere. Uh, Cole Beasley was an outstanding slot receiver. Maybe you can get Sterling Shepard or Kadarius Toney to kind of fill in. And do some of that stuff. I Sanders was there. Uh, the big thing was Dawson Knox was a huge part of Josh Allen's um, explosion as a playmaker.
3: Bigger target, yeah, is right? That, Literally with a bigger radius. Yeah. When we talked about Josh is, Allen yeah. is and Evan, maybe at an accuracy is, is, at times,
4: is Evan Ingram a oh. consideration? Is he something is that is he going to play more than four sal- games? Can, can a you stretch? salvage him? What does it look like risk reward when it comes to contract? He's been to a Pro Bowl, so now that also impacts the money, the bottom line. See he goes back to to Pro Bowl. It
3: doesn't matter until it does, does it?
4: So all of those things. But look, this is huge this is huge, huge, huge job and task and responsibility. And I think for Dayball, Dayball has to they gotta fix the offensive line because without the offensive line, they don't have a shot.
3: No, it's it was absolutely disastrous. And like we we talked about it before the year the three offensive lines that we were most concerned about, Chicago, Carolina, and New York. Here we are into this offseason. What three offensive lines are you still Ooh, worried about most?
4: Chicago. Chicago,
3: Carolina, and New York.
4: Yeah, it's, I mean, look, it's a big it's a big issue. It's I mean, it's a problem.
3: Well, especially if you're going to go to like Chicago, would want to go to Justin Fields, you need an offensive line that's When a guy's still in the hesitancy and learning and maybe holds the ball an extra beat, that's where the extra protection comes back in. And no, I'm not talking about the sideline stuff we talked about a little bit earlier. That's big, right? You need a toughness, but you also need uh, that extra when he's going to do an improvisational as opposed to a statue most of the time, like Andy Dalton Mm. was. Uh, We mentioned the Giants, talk about them a little bit. They're part of this larger uh, discussion across the league regarding coaching and tanking and racial implications in hiring. Uh, We'll talk about it from the how-do-we-fix-it perspective and going back to the use of the term playbook. Very well done by Flores' lawyers. We talk about that and the NFL's response next. He's Bucky Brooks, I'm Mike Harmon, and this is Fox Football Sunday.
1: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Radio. Fox Football Sunday is now. Coming up in about a half hour from now here on Fox Sports Radio, it's Stephen Rich taking you into the day, into the Pro Bowl. That's right, Pro Bowl Sunday here as we begin officially Super Bowl week. Lots of coverage from the convention center and all around Los Angeles, Santa Monica Pier, part of what we're doing. There's so much going on. We had Joy Taylor out and about at at a girls' uh, flag football clinic yesterday as part of our coverage here. Really cool. So, like, lots of cool stuff. Getting out in the community and and really just building the game and, and taking advantage of the fact that it is mid to upper 70s for the next week, Bucky. Not to rub yes. it in the faces of you all back in the Midwest <laughs> and East Coast. All my family and friends. I love you all dearly. I, I just say this. I, I'm in shorts.
4: You're wrong
3: That's it? You're wrong Yeah, you wouldn't know it because I'm still pasty. Just call them what it is. I mean, it, It's either I burn or I stay, um, well, as white as the piece of paper you grab in your normal notebook. But we we leave it there. Uh, As we've talked about a bit this morning, and you've heard about it all week long, so didn't want to make it. The thrust of everything for the show, Bucky, because there's so Mm -hmm. much going on in the National Football League, college football, the celebration of everything going. But that doesn't mean it doesn't come without its problems and without its words. And and certainly for the NFL, the thing facing it right now, 58-page lawsuit class action filed by Brian Flores. You've had some comments from Marvin Lewis and from Hugh Jackson. The Hugh Jackson part of this is odd yeah. and in the way that's evolved a bit over time yeah. a woman that helps run his foundation who's also a private investigator interesting yeah i found that on linkedin how about that uh, <laughs> talking about you know the structural tanking and bonuses or whatever which is still getting paid to lose okay yeah. so anybody that's trying to parse words and semantics no no that's still being paid to lose so if now he said well i didn't get paid to do it no you you did, you said it then you backed off and then you said this was the thing in play for everybody to get bonuses based on losses. And if that is in fact true, you got paid to lose games. No no matter what purpose and structure was done to do it, and we know teams will field younger squads, yeah. inexperienced squads. Mark Cuban lost over a half a million dollars having a conversation with Dan Patrick about that very topic with the Mavericks uh, not too long ago. So you, you have that. But Roger Goodell – and the league office, immediately after the lawsuit was filed, within hours, put out a, hey, th- this isn't real, Yeah, right? More legalese yes. in it, but that was essentially the, the thrust of a very brief statement. They came out with another one, much longer, that goes through the process saying, hey, we know we have work to do. We understand the concerns expressed by Coach Flores and others this week, waiting for the legal process to move forward, but... Quote, we will not wait to reassess and modify our strategies to ensure that they are consistent with our values and longstanding commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Goes all the way through, takes seriously the integrity of games, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to catch all, going back to the allegations of Stephen Ross offering hundred grand per game for losses to Brian Flores. Also, the tampering side, which has really kind of been pushed to the wayside In terms of you have to rank which is the most serious allegation. Tanking, now that you have all these gambling partners, is a very large thing. But from a societal standpoint, we try to wrap our arms around hiring processes and making sure there's equitable decisions that people have a seat at the table, right? The Hamilton line, be in the room where it happens if you have the acumen in history. And Flores's lawyers use the word same old playbook mm-hmm. to describe the statement put forth from Roger Goodell. Well, at the beginning of a of, of a litigious back and forth, what else can they say, right? Okay, denying it altogether. I mean, the, that statement, we all laugh because obviously haven't done anything. Right? It was two hours. So to come back with this, this was really what we would have expected. All right, we obviously know there's problems. We have to try to find solutions, and in the interim, we have to investigate this and certainly the Stephen Ross side. I don't know what anybody else expected the league to do at this point.
4: Yeah, I don't. I, I really don't know. I really don't know what anybody could have expected the league to come back with. Um, you know, like they're gonna try and they're gonna try and kind of do some things. They're gonna try and play it both. Both ways, in terms of Roger Goodell, is employed by the owners. He's kind of the front man for the ownership group. So he will always do things in the best interests of ownership. That said, I do feel like he's compelled to make sure that the league tries to operate at its best level with everything being harmonious. There is an issue in terms of like the way that you're seeing coaches hired in the league versus the efforts, the diversity and inclusion and equality efforts promoted by the league. He has done everything in his power to make sure that he is kind of up to ante when it comes to DEI. But the problem is ownership operates on their own individual game plan and playbook. And so he can't necessarily make them be complicit with how the league may want Uh, the sidelines to look and those things. And so it's ultimately one of these things where you would like to figure out if there's a, a middle ground, but I don't know if there's a middle ground that can be created without it landing in court because you can't count on people who have operated a certain way for so many different years to change their behaviors. I mean, so it is what it is when it comes to that regard, but it will be interesting to see how this plays out over the next few months or years um in the court of law
3: it's always the curiosity right because we everything gets painted with a broad broad brush and even using the term everything was intentional by me there right because it's Mm -hmm. all wrong it's all right right this guy's terrible versus this guy's great it's not hey you know this player or coach or whatever is solid not spectacular right they can be a 10-year vet and not, have, not be the best player. They might not have a bunch of all pros and pro bowls and whatever. We were joking about it a little bit earlier to add to the CV. But for the, the coaching, likewise, we can't always, as many want to do, well, this this team's never hired a black coach. Ergo, they're racist. Mm-hmm. Or front office, right? There's yeah, a lot of problems a- in Washington with the commanders.
4: Yeah, it's a- and,
3: and, But they can point to, look how diverse mm-hmm. our staff and executives are. Okay, so you got that part right.
4: But you're still a
3: cesspool in in so many other ways.
4: Yeah, still the culture can be wrong in so many areas. And I think that's the thing, like, it is that part of it, right? Like, it's so many little nuanced issues wrapped up into one, and I don't know how you can parse them all out and fully explain all of them without it creating um, like a huge debate. Uh, I think some of of this are well-intentioned things, and you know, guys in their heart of hearts do believe they're picking the best candidate without bias um, based on their upbringing and experiences and those who they've been around. Um, there's the comfort level, too, that also exists. There's also um, look, people are talk about nepotism, but familiarity and just like in regular civilian business, man, it's a lot more about who, you know, rather than what, you know, and. Friends of a friends and links and contacts and and those things and so it's, look it's a lot going on and you're trying to figure it all out in one fell swoop and I don't know if this is one that can be easily fixed because there's so many different things that play at one time.
3: Because that's the hard part, right? We we have the the discussion uh, of the the remaining head coaching jobs and we talked about a little a little bit earlier the likelihood. The expectation, perhaps, that Dennis Allen will be the next man in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But across our monitors this morning, what did you see all, all morning, Bucky? Eric hey. Bieniemy is going to interview for this job. And to me, he's one of the most interesting figures in the National Football League going on many years. Obviously, there there's some history, transgression, but all these interviews and no jobs to show of it as a, a head man right now. right? Because it got into it and folks... As they will, and and as you can too, at Swollen Dome, have at it. You know, Brian Dable going to the Giants, and the Giants in the middle of all of this because of the texts, right, from Bill mm-hmm. Belichick, and the Giants really went to the wall to defend themselves, as everybody would and does, and this as they should, and as they should, because they're trying to as the texts you know. come through, right? Bill Belichick might have heard something, but he doesn't work for them, no, so he he, he doesn't know anything a hundred percent. One would argue, but. And may have legitimately just made an honest mistake of fat fingering off his texts because mine <laughs> go by first name, not last yeah. name. Uh, yeah, and, and picked the wrong guy. The other is the nefarious thing is he wanted to get everybody.
4: They wanted to blow it all up? You no, wanted, wanted to it blow it, it, it all up because the Giants have beaten him twice, the way up.
3: beating him twice in the Super Bowl and all this other stuff, which is great conspiracy theory. But I'll save that for folks that want to wear tinfoil hats in the middle of the night. But <laughs> but the reality is that you you have Dable given credit for fixing Josh Allen. We talked about this a little bit earlier, and and it's usually a one-to-one. It's like, all right, he Mm -hmm. did this, because McDermott's the defensive guy, so it fell on Brian Dable and his staff to make this work, and and it did for Josh Allen. Now we call him a top three, top five guy. Some want to argue him to the top spot, because we like hot take nonsense, and I like him, but, you know, that kind of thing. So coming in to try to fix Daniel Jones, it makes sense. And Eric Enemy, whatever piece of the the gratitude and love that you give him is shared with other members of the staff, particularly Andy Reed and forget about play calling and all that for a moment, just from a credit for development of a player. Okay. That is to a degree, but I keep waiting, trying to figure out what's behind door number two, particularly where it comes to Eric B but in the room where it happens in all of these goes back to what you were saying before of familiarity and maybe the word of somebody you trust and know really well. And you believe them Instead of hearing outside voices,
4: yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot that comes with that. You know, part of networking that we always encourage our kids or those around us to do is to put yourself in a position where you can meet contacts and connections where um, your resume can get to the people that it needs to get to for you to have a legitimate chance in the National Football League. Some of the networking that exists is, is family-based networking because you are a brother-in-law's. So uh brother-in-law, son-in-law, uh a cousin, a uh son of mm-hmm. someone who is within the league. So that gives you an opportunity to have a legitimate conversation with a decision maker that allows you to have an inside track on get landing the job. That is business. That's what everyone tells me, like that is business. That's the way business is done. Like it's not what you know, it's who you know. And you have to do a good job of Enhancing your opportunities to get job by knowing a ton of people who have the power to say yay or nay on these things. Um, And so it's not as cut and dried as, oh, these are just blatantly racist acts. But it's nuanced things where guys aren't necessarily in the in the room to be able to network. Um, They're not necessarily in the positions to be in the pipeline to be the next man up when it comes to who's going to get the head job and those things. And so there's a lot to unpack and there's a lot of stuff that the national football league has tried to work through the last decade plus, but it continues to be a major issue. We'll see how this plays out. But I mean, there are a lot of things that play at one time.
3: Yeah. As you talk about it, there's a lot of the noise. I mean, certainly surnames and family histories, right? The fact that uh, son of Kubiak has another job. I know incensed a lot of folks as he gets hired. Uh, in Denver. Right? Yeah, but I mean, in, those, like, look, those
4: are, those are some things, and I understand, and I understand the frustration and all of that, you know, and um, nepotism, but look, there, there are other guys, you know, that have benefited from such ties. I think the the big thing is you want to make sure that your coaching staff and all that is populated with enough guys that aren't all the same cookie color guys. Like if you just think about it being a kaleidoscope uh, on the staff, like that would be the ultimate objective, you know, to see it reflective of that. But with that in mind, you still can't control it. You can have people interview. You can make it a conscious topic where you talk about it. But, I mean, it's only so much you can do. And so we're just going to see what it looks like.
3: Yeah, we've got the incentivization on retentions, you talk about the Rooney rule being in place. Not really a lot of enforcement or penalties that have ever come down in, in that regard. The, other than a radical restructuring of the NFL's business overall mm-hmm. versus the 32 individual owners. You know, if we're going to do conspiracies or just throw everything against the wall, that's it. You have term limits for owners. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, like if you're going to really do this, you're going
4: to do that. that, But but but, but that's my that's my point, though, like in terms of shaking this up, it goes because
3: one of the proposals in in the Flores lawsuit was, hey, here's a a panel that helps to talk about the evaluation and quality of a coach. Well, you don't know what they're going to do in an interview. So is a guy that hasn't been a coordinator? Does he automatically get filtered out? Mm-hmm. Right? Do, mm-hmm. do they not even get an opportunity to go See, make their yeah, pitch? Like, yeah, there's, there's so, so many
4: so holes. Many, that so many, so many holes. Up. And and I would tell you that being a coordinator doesn't mean that you're going to be a great coach because the jobs are completely different. Leading a team and leading an offense for a defensive unit, completely different. Not even does shouldn't even be a prerequisite because the, I mean you talking about two an apples to oranges debate.
3: Well, and not even going to that, right? A guy who doesn't have the term coordinator but the special teams coach. We've seen a number of those guys succeed. Do they not even get in the room because they technically, you know, right? I mean, like, special teams.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of of that stuff. And, look, I I think the only thing that you can do to remedy it is create opportunities where uh, ownership and higher-ups meet lower-level coaches and candidates and they can stay in touch. I think you have to make sure that you have, like, a mentor – program to make sure that the young coaches in this league understand how to how to network, how to go about doing their job, how to think about um, the next job while focusing on the job that they currently have, how to prepare for the opportunities that could be on the horizon if the team is very successful, all of those things, while also making it um, – Plain and simple that you put people in the same environment, meaning these networking socials or things where people can be in different environments and you can learn more about people. So when it does come time to do interviews and those things, there's a familiarity. It's not necessarily the first time that you've ever been exposed to this person and heard their journey and their story that there's a connectivity because it's all about the connectivity that leads to the opportunity.
3: He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. Fox Football Sunday. Coming up next, we've got a story from Vegas you're not gonna believe sometimes they actually look out for you in your wallet but first it's isaac lowenkron with what's trending
5: we've got football news fresh football news on this sunday morning including a new detail in college football I'll get to that in a moment first of all in the nfl the chicago bears have hired richard hightower as their new special teams coach hightower had been the 49ers special teams coach for the last five seasons so a nice new addition for head coach Matt Eberflus, College football. Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman reported today that Michigan offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis is leaving Ann Arbor to become the new offensive coordinator at the University of Miami. Moments ago, college football reporter Tom Van Heron, who covers college football for ESPN, reported that Josh Gaddis texted some Michigan players the following words. Quote, listen to this. Quote, Unfortunately, the past few weeks has told a different story to me about the very little appreciation I have here from administration. In life, I would never advise anyone to be where they are not wanted. Unquote.
3: Oh, snap.
5: Wow. Eyebrow-raising college football news on this Mm. Sunday morning. The words of Michigan offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis in a text to Wolverine players as he leaves to become the new offensive Mm. coordinator at the University of Miami, again, according Mm. to Tom Van Herren. In
3: response, Jim Harbaugh said, gobble, 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 turkey.
5: With an enthusiasm unknown to blah, 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 (laughs) At the Olympics today, the U.S. women's hockey team improved to 3-0 with an 8-0 victory over Switzerland. Finally in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets ruled out James Harden for today's game at Denver because of a left hamstring tightness. And Mike and Bucky, I leave you with a sad follow-up to our earlier developing story about the Randy's Donuts that Bucky so kindly procured for the gang here in the Fox Uh Sports Radio kitchen. I was too late.
4: Oh, uh, you missed
3: it? I missed it. There were still, are there no more donuts in the box?
5: Uh, there were when I cracked the mic to tell America about the box oh. Sports Radio Randy's donuts. And Snooosh. then, unfortunately, my lack of foot speed was Snooosh. no match for some of my colleagues. more aggressive colleagues. So what you're saying is the box was then
3: empty? Snooze. Or did Snooosh. you just not get the one you liked? Uh, the, the, Those are two different things, Ilo. The, 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 the latter. Well, then that's on you.
4: Oh, he didn't get no. the one that he liked. No,
3: oh. that, that's uh, crying.
4: Yeah, Ilo, you, you learn, you learn, you learn. It's a lot. You've easier. been around
5: radio a long time. Usually, I'm pretty ruthless uh, when it comes to this, but I think I, I think easier, must be slipping. It's
4: easier to ask for forgiveness. So oh. if you absolutely uh, look, I've seen my dog do this. Sometimes you look at me like, "Hey, where's the – and the dog is over there just licking her lips. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to do that, Ilo. Yeah. You just have to make an executive decision.
3: <laughs> executive decision. <laughs> <laughs> to just I go for
4: it. it. You know? It say, I out. didn't know.
3: Get those elbows up.
4: Uh, yeah, I didn't know.
3: At Isaac Lohenkron, where you find him on Twitter. Sulking in the donut he doesn't have. Send him a virtual one. <laughs> at Isaac Lohenkron. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Harmon. This is Fox Football Sunday. The story from Vegas. Well, will there They're going to have the Pro Bowl, but this is an even bigger jackpot for someone who actually had left town. We'll do it next here on Fox. Welcome back in. It's Fox Football Sunday. Mike Harmon alongside Bucky Brooks as we... Wind down our four hours of fun time next week. Three hours of Super Bowl, wall-to-wall, prop bets, all the angles you need heading into the game. A recap of what will be a fabulous week at the Convention Center. Find Bucky on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Get the podcast coming up about 15, 20 minutes from now. uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts, you know, your Google Play, SoundCloud, et cetera, uh, and then download it. Give it five stars. We'll love you forever. Don't forget also to send some love, uh, you know, and send it to your friends and family because they could use the information as well. We were talking about Jordan uh, a little bit before in a, in a lot of our uh, conversations off air. Uh, today in 1988 had the famous foul line dunk, mm. uh, you know, celebrating anniversaries, right? Yeah. The Bears bringing in a special teams coordinator to to work with Eberflus. Uh, a very big deal because defense and special teams got them to a Super Bowl 15 years ago For him, this Friday.
4: Yeah, Rex Grossman, the quarterback.
3: Sexy Rexy. that's hey, You'll never just take that, that away. Just keep right? that in mind. As much as you want to get after never the idea. Of. Hey, how just dare just you? Just keep that in Don't mind. Don't you do that to me. Like, no matter what you want to say, you know, get to a Pro Bowl, all of those things, you know, they're, they're big mm-hmm. deals. But you get to a Super Bowl, you have to give the love Uh, properly as it flows. So Pro Bowl later on today, other than adding, um, probably signing a lot of autographs, (laughs) having some good times in Las Vegas. I mean, first-timers are are excitable, right? It's their first taste of that kind of recognition. But then you got the veterans. uh, These kind of weekends, you know, guys opt out. I would never opt out, man, with all the free stuff. I mean, even if you're hurt, you don't have to play necessarily.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's a different deal. It's a different deal. I think it's a great opportunity. I think for the young guys, you are excited because the stuff you dream about. You see it on TV. You always want to be a part of it. Um, but there's some risks involved. It depends on the contract status. Do you have a big contract? Are you pining for a big free agent contract? Do you want to go out there and risk a little injury? Uh, can you get like one of those little hamstring tweaks right doing warm-ups? It might prevent you from being able to play. So, see what it looks like. Should be fun, though.
3: The hamstring tweak while you were at Ah, the pool. I don't know. Wasn't feeling quite right. So, call up somebody else. Maybe they get a roster bonus for showing up at at a Pro Bowl. Tweaked it.
4: There you go.
3: All right, how about this? Robert Taylor was at the Treasure Island Resort and Casino January 8th, hit a nearly $230,000 jackpot on a progressive slot machine. Slot machine malfunctioned, and, well, neither Taylor nor the staff were aware of the celebratory moment. So he'd already gone home. He was back in Mm. Arizona. 20 days later, gets the nod saying, hey, uh, $229,638.00. is waiting for you because there became became an investigation Mm. into this surveillance footage the eye in the sky and everybody there trying to figure out exactly how to do this so the nevada gaming board are forwarding the man his nearly two hundred thirty thousand dollars, making up for what was a communications error so while the eye in the sky will catch you when you're doing all sorts of nefarious things and embarrassing things sometimes it actually works in your favor bucky yeah I operator mean, error. I mean, this is better than that, you know, bank error in your favor for a hundred bucks in Monopoly.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's a nice, that's a nice little, nice little come up.
3: Think about it. I had one, and it spit out a couple of coins, but you were supposed to get two hundred thirty k. It's like, hey, I, I got back to even. It's like, no, actually, here's a giant novelty check.
4: Oh, that's a big check, man. That's a big that? check.
3: You that can go buy uh, front row seats to the uh, Pro Bowl, mm. or, or dare I say, even part of a box for I the mean, Super Bowl.
4: Yeah, you can do it big. Or do buy a house in do. Nevada. Mm, big house.
3: Who who wouldn't want a flop house in Nevada? <laughs> He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Mike Carver. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Fox Football Sunday. We'll see you all next week as we get ready for Super Bowl 56 here on Fox.
0: Martha Stewart,
3: the original influencer.
0: When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul.
3: The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The
1: rise. The fall and the reinvention of an american icon once martha paved the road everybody else pretty much copied her a cnn original series the many lives of martha stewart now streaming on max
2: billy eilish and phineas o'connell they're with us
3: today on crew call i'm your host anthony delisandre
0: billy's vocals it was automatic art
3: you know i had to like